Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. I'll be your host for today, uh, Rich Polly. And joining me is, uh, what, what's what's the best phrase to describe you? A melty Ellen DeGeneres waxwork figure. It's Liam Baker. Bonjour, everyone. It is I, Discount <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> budget Ellen. And also joining us chuckling in the background is Mr. Ben Hibbert. Hello there. It, it makes me laugh more because he calls it himself more than anyone else has ever called him that. <laughs> it's funny though because he does genuinely look like an, an oversized male Ellen DeGeneres. So it's and he's also a really bad person. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, oh. like when you get a, someone who looks kind of just someone and all, just there's one feature that's just off. That's like me, but every feature is slightly off. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that you've got non-Euclidean features? Yeah, effectively. Just... And then put someone put an extra zero when entering the weight. <laughs> accidentally, accident, accidentally <laughs> oversized it. You're like the human version of a version one silencer. <laughs> oh no, we've accidentally <laughs> printed it too big. I'm a version one, Ellen. <laughs> oh. He gives lovely hugs, though. Yeah. Is that... <laughs> built for it oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> all right we've actually got tons of stuff to talk about today um which we're not really just insult liam for an hour and a half i mean we could and we'd probably get our highest record viewing figures um, <laughs> but that but that would probably just be you know three people listening to it over and over and laughing uh, it's um we've got um we've got so much stuff to talk about because um amg did their mini stravaganza um we were a little bit unsure, nervous, trepidatious, possibly to use uh, the big big words um, about what was going to get announced, what was going to be done after the Armada announcement, a few other things. Um, so we'll we'll have a bit of a conversation about that and how we're feeling afterwards. Uh, they came out with some spoilers, so we'll have a bit of a conversation about that. And Liam, uh, Tim, and Ben all played in at least one, if not two, events at the weekend, or sorry, we're present at two events, I should say, mm-hmm. um, over the course of the weekend. Um, and we'll see how they how they did, how they got on um, with a bit of, of IRL X-Wing play, which is always nice to see. Um, and I want to just um, mention that I played in Element again for the second time since COVID started. Uh, I went down last Thursday uh, and I played against, I'm going to forget the names, Andy and Dave, who are relatively new joiners to the Sith Takers for X-Wing. Um, both are kind of regulars around Element. And, you know, uh, Dave works there. Andy um, has played L- um, Armada there for years, so kind of recognised his face from seeing him around. And it was awesome to to get to play a, a game against them. And also got a game against Dave Wynn as well, who's um, been on the podcast a couple of times uh, and was going to join us uh, more regularly, but then went had a baby. No, it was because everyone reported him for being boring. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was lovely. It was just lovely to get shoving uh, ships around back in the game in centre of an evening for, you know, and seeing everybody down there as well. And it was crazy because it was actually full of Sith Takers, but they were all playing Lord of the Rings, Hobbits of the Shire <laughs> or whatever it's called, or all on the other end of the room. And uh, like guys from IQ uh, team, team IQ, like Rob Ram was there as well. So, you know, I hadn't seen him for like four years or something. Rob actually is uh, pretty regular on a Thursday now. Yeah, he's been he's, there. He's, it's like the third week in a row he's been there. Awesome. He's up. He's over there pushing hobbits and whatever else they are around orcs and things. Um, 
I like I'm um, pretending like I don't know what Lord of the Rings creatures are because you know I do, but you know, um, yeah, it was it was lovely. So, um, what should we talk about first? Should we talk about uh, the events and then we yeah, can, yeah. Uh, we can. I, we I think we'll all have more opinions on some of the spoil stuff that might yeah. be a bit longer. So, and we've been itching to talk about this for ages. We have. So two events. The first event, the one that we all knew was happening for literally months. Tom <laughs> Reed has been organising a 60th birthday event for his dad. And he first off went out to a whole bunch of different groups of people that knew Craig and said, don't tell him, but can you be in Birmingham on the first weekend in September? And everybody was like, oh, oh, oh. And in the end, how many people were there in the end? Just like 32 or something? 36 made it there. Um, so there was, a, there was a few last-minute dropouts. I think Dale had work and Lewis had work. Um, I know Filippo was hoping to come across, but in the uh, last... Fun rock as well. Yeah, in the last week, I know he couldn't get off work. So I think with the current state of the world and everything like that, I think uh, 36 travelling... Um, well, obviously Connor flew. Um, Daryl came across from Ireland. Um, you know, we had a load of the guys up from the south coast. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really well attended event, and you know, it was great to sort of uh, be part of it and wish uh, Craig a happy sixtieth. Yeah, so uh, we know that Craig does listen um, off and on. So happy birthday, Craig! Um, and uh, yeah, no, no more than you deserve to have a pro- toughest rooms of X-Wing to play X-Wing in, you know, it was, um, it was a bit spicy towards the kind of top, top quarter of that room was not an easy place to be in. Um, yeah, it was, as uh, well, it was a bit cheeky. While we're here, Tim can make a formal apology to the Reed family. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I while did... you're off mute, sackcloth yeah. and ashes. I don't know what this is about, but carry on. So basically, during the course of the day, I um, I drew all three reads. So I played Scott in his first game of possibly 2.0, game yep. one. Uh, I played Tom and I played Craig. I beat them all and I regret nothing. <laughs> we all decided that Daddy Reed was like the final boss in an anime. That was it. So I I I I played the two like you know sort of junior bosses, you know the beginners, and uh, worked my way up to to face Craig. And yeah. uh, did horrible things to his bosk. Um, and yeah, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> did, did you all shout Takeda! at him as you hmm? smashed him as you rolled red dice? Uh, well, yeah. someone was actually doing like <laughs> Japanese voiceovers be already. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I think it might have been Ollie actually. I think it was. Ollie, well, because I think Ollie, I was playing Ollie, and that was happening behind me. I, I well, I mean, like, uh, I, I had to apologise to Tom. I mean, it wasn't really like my dice necessarily. His his defensive dice to start with were horrendous. That is probably the the first time I've beaten double fire sprays with Talk or Swarm like, ever, and uh, it just so happened to be at that event that I then also <laughs> beat uh, Scott and Craig as well. So. Uh, it's oh, a little, little bit of a meme now in in our in the group chat or whatever, but um, uh, yeah, I, even even if it's your birthday, I'm... Tim, Tim's still gonna be mean to you, <laughs> yeah. even if it's your birthday. Tim goes out of his way to make sure he beats you. Just gonna change his name to Tim Destroyer of Reeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. Like they're talking about doing the uh, the invitation again next year, and either uh, I'm gonna be banned or. Um, I think there should be a special prize for if you uh, play all three reads and beat them all. 
I might have to sponsor that next. Fantastic. So, um, I mean, it was, what was it, five rounds of Swiss, was it, or six, something yeah, like that? Five, five. Five, rounds of, uh, five rounds of Swiss, which right. I think was deliberate to mirror Craig's first event win, I believe, where he went okay. five and zero or something. Oh, they should have made him fly a tie. Should have made him fly a tie swarm then, because <laughs> <laughs> that was that was what the kids were using back then. I mean, there was there was only two ships back then, so he didn't have much choice. <laughs> tie fighters or X wings. It was pre, <laughs> pre pre Millennium Falcon being released. We we have three version one. Yeah, that's because um, the reeds stole them all. <laughs> so it's it's worth pointing out. So for anybody who doesn't know, because we're all waffling on like everybody knows who Craig is, and and we've referenced him a few times. Craig was the UK's first ever nationals champion of X-Wing. Um, so he won uh, TIE Swarm. And it, basically, it was the TIE Swarm meta. It was pre the Falcon being released um, or just after the Falcon had been released. But basically, I think the choices were TIE Fighters, TIE Advanced maybe, X-Wings and B-Wings might have been the only ships available in the game at that point in time. Um, but yeah, Craig, Craig won the, the first ever nationals um, like way back in the day. Um, I said, I said a, like it was a long, long time ago. It wasn't that long ago, really, in the grand scheme of things. But um, it, it was a six tie swarm versus a seven, seven tie swarm in yeah. the final, and it was apparently you used to have to win by so many points mm-hmm. to get enough, like a full score or something. So yeah. if he didn't, he'd kill the ship on the last turn. If he hadn't killed that ship, he wouldn't have won because he wouldn't have had enough points. Yeah. Oh, do, do you want to know another cool rule that existed back then, but that got they got rid of quite quickly? Was that if you were the imperial player, you moved second? What really? Yep. <laughs> I didn't so, know that. Yeah, X wings and Tie fighters. Basically, it 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 happened with initiative anyway because you know you had Vader and you had all that kind of stuff with pilot skill. But yeah, um, if you had the same number of points, the imperial player got to move second. <laughs> so as a tiebreaker, no, no, no roll off. It's not random. Just fly little grey ships, it's fine. Uh, so, cool. Um, how did you both get on? Liam, how did you get on? Started with uh, me, because I did the worst. Ben, how did yeah. you get on? I won two and I lost three. I think I was six, 16, something like that. can't remember. Okay. So you'd have gone evens if only there'd been a sixth round, is what you're saying. You'd have smashed up <laughs> somebody else. In, in fairness, like two of my games were really close. Um, yeah. My last game against uh, Lewis Long was he absolutely predicted everything i was gonna do mm. but yeah i lost to uh, ollie and dom as well but both of them could have possibly gone either way yeah so dom flanagan of uh firestorm focus and ollie pocknell of uh, world of, champion status of, of <laughs> and and any podcast slash vlog that will have him status as well that's the first time i've ever played ollie it was i was expecting to lose really badly um but it was a lot closer than it. Basically, at one point, he guessed right and I guessed wrong, and then I couldn't really come back from it. Yeah, cool. Good. Well, How did you get on, Liam? Uh, I finished second. Second? Uh, I went, yeah, four and one. Uh, it was me and Ollie in the final round. Uh, I lost the initiative roll, and then he did bad things to me with A-wings because I forgot what <laughs> half of them could do. So you were using what? What? What were you using? Some some fire spray because you're reliant on Zam for all your list building and uh, yeah, it was Zam Zam Grievous Chertek. I thought I'd give it one last run out before it disappears <laughs> in the points change. 
on that show night before Zam costs more than Luke Gunner, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, it was a, honestly, it was one of my best days of X-Wing, to be honest. Uh, I was so it. sad I missed it. I was so and, sad I missed it. Like, and his fire spray is beautiful. Oh, thank you. It is really nice, mate. What, the paint? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paid, paid for it myself. And it's got like armor put on it, hasn't it? It's like got extra armor and guns that move. It oh, is really God. nice. Who did it? Uh, Scott Tomlinson uh, up in Scotland. He used to be one of the administrators of the X Wing Ready Room. Okay. Uh, it's Grey Wolf Commissions, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll put his Facebook on uh, one of the Discords later cool. so everyone can go have a look at his handiwork. I'll stick a picture up of the. Of the... Um, fire spray because I've probably seen it before but I've forgotten be it's like my second favourite one I've ever seen what's your first? that mall one that Jason did okay yeah it's fair that's really cool Yeah, yeah I, I could feel you bristling there Liam you're like what do you mean second? what do you mean? <laughs> he wouldn't be bristling he can't grow any of that <laughs> I can under my chin no you can't there's too many chins there <laughs> I didn't say which chin it was growing under <laughs> and then Tim, I think Tim went four-one as well with his muck swarm. Was that right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so I lost a dom. Uh, I beat the three reeds, and in the last game, if I hadn't refused um, uh, Phil's uh, concession, um, I would have uh, finished third because I think Brian Clark beat me by four MOV. And it'd probably been an extra 40, 50 MOV if I'd uh, not. Uh, basically, Phil, he wasn't having a great game uh, with just the way that the, the engagements went. Um, I think, yes, fangs are good at range one, uh, but I was just able to get bullseyes at range two uh, with tokens and just basically just killed fangs. Um, so he, he was going to shake my hand. I said, oh, no, you can play on and get some more MOV. Um and yeah, that ended up costing me. But no, it was a it was a fun day and a fun event. And thank you very much to uh Brian and Tom for organising things and for uh Boarding Brum for hosting us. Yeah, it's my first time at Boarding Brum. It's actually a really big gaming area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good. Quite impressed. The, the tables are a good height. Uh so I I actually was planning to take double decimators uh to the event because that was the first ever list i took to a store champ and the first time that i met craig and tom and played craig so i was like well for nostalgia i'll take double decimators and uh obviously like a muppet i left it to the night before the event to pack my bag opened up my box of imperials and couldn't find either decimator and they're not exactly small ships to lose so uh, i still not found them so i'm not entirely sure where they are at the moment probably uh, in a box behind the teal desk element or something aren't they i think they'll be in a random box or bag like literally all the way through lockdown i've been saying about how i'm going to organize and tidy my x-wing collection because uh, i've got a lot of stuff um and i've done diddly squat and uh, it's come to bite me but as it is uh, i was forced to take my muck swarm which was uh, not a bad thing <laughs> i mean it's a really good list yeah this is it like you know we've got points coming uh you know slight maybe changes to the game and stuff so part of me also was like this list has done me quite well um and i might have one last hurrah with it before everything breaks cool cool 
I mean, yeah, I was jealous, I will admit. I couldn't make it because of um, family commitments, children's birthday, um, well, children, child's birthday. Um, As which if you like your child more than Craig. <laughs> That's rude. Um, I, I would have enjoyed myself more playing X-Wing, however... Um, my family relationship would have deteriorated as a result of my personal enjoyment. So uh, I made a I made a bit of a grown up decision uh, in order to to not attend. <laughs> so I like like I I want to go to like another one or or one in the future. And I mean I know I think Tom's got the um, the event organizing bug now because he started talking about all sorts of things. So there's a bit of a watch this space about some of the stuff that we're we're thinking about doing with the Sith takers. Um, after the the open in February, um, so um, yeah, we we might have a few more concepts popping off now. So um, yeah, uh, and then on the Sunday, Ben, you trotted up the M sixty two or whatever M six to Liverpool. Is that right? Yep. But it just, just went home, though, eh? I should probably should have done, yeah. So so just play. Um, we've got really good relationships with just play a couple of the lads come over and play element semi-regularly because they work closer um to us and you know they're always at our events we always you know have people at their events um even in 40 degree heat as was three <laughs> years ago when everybody was literally just sweating into themselves <laughs> dripping, on the, dripping on the mats um i remember that yeah. one because uh i made sean walk his dash off the board by ironing it like repeatedly bless him I know. I was so happy about it. <laughs> so, so you were the you were the sole representative of the Stockport Sith Takers there, weren't you, Ben? Yeah, I, I do always. I always go to just play store champs. I went to the hype space. I, I always try and make time to go for the like main events if I can. Yeah. So it was hyperspace this one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. Someone should have told the IQ boys that. <laughs> so three of them. Three of them rocked up. And between the three of them, they had one hyperspace list. Oh, no. So, what did they do? Um, Paul Paul bought a load of new ships. So, um, you know, what's his son called? That was gone out of my head. Will. Will could fly a list. And um, oh, his other name's gone. Can't remember his name. It's totally gone out of my head. But he, he managed Stuart? to. That's it. Oh. I could see him and I could hear his voice, but I couldn't get his name. They'd just completely gone, but and had blanked. Um, he managed to make a list with the ships he'd got and beg and borrow for cards, so they managed to play. Fair enough. Um, Dear me. How did, uh, so you brought, what, four four big scum, wasn't it? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, five. So, no, it was, jo- no, it was Joy, Joy Genesis, Bosk, yep. and... Lando. Lando, in the, yeah, yeah. the little... Shuttle. Pointer, arrow pointer thing. Shuttle yeah, thing. he's he's um he's a pilot thing. Says I'm initiative four, like your other ships, and can coordinate. <laughs> how did how did you get on? So I went, I come fourth, but there was only eleven people. Uh-huh. Um, I went two and two. Um, a really strong start off to the game. I, across the two games, I'd only lost fifteen MOV, mm. and then it just went downhill from there. Okay. It's quite a quite a spicy list, that quite meaty. Yeah, I um, I lost a ship in game three to variants, and then started flying like a potato because it threw me off my game. So you and kind of tilted. My, yeah, and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, his last name's Clark. I've forgotten his first name. He's a little lad. Paul. Clark. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just punished me for it. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it, it just plays not an easy room. It, uh, they've got a, a small but quite highly skilled X-wing community down there. So you know, you, you never get an easy name against well, an easy game against a just play lab. Paul's a really good. I've played Paul quite a few times, and it always seems to be like a deciding game for cuts when we play. Um, we played it just play, and I think that was the decider for who got the dice or didn't. And it's always a decider game with us. <laughs> so yeah, I really, really, really want that <laughs> that focus. <laughs> should have tried harder. I should have brought, brought Zamgo. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, I, mean, so I, did cool. have, I did have Zam in my list. <laughs> you, so, like, I mean, aside from the the outcomes, obviously, you know, we're we're back into real life play at the minute. Um, have you got any kind of thoughts? I know we're gonna we're gonna move on to talk about you know changes to the game in a second, yeah. but um, differences between online and and real life play. Anything that you've learned over the last couple of years um, that you've translated back into how you how you play on the table. Personally, in real life, I find I practice a list more. Um, mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I should have practiced this list. I flew more because throughout the day, I learned some bits and bobs that probably would have helped me win games at Craig's event. Um, but in real, on the computer, it's just so easy to just randomly switch my list. I'm like, oh, this will be a laugh. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. And and then I don't know, like I say, the little tricks and things. Yeah. Um, also, I just prefer real life, to be honest. I don't find myself in the zone the same as I get um, during real life. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. It's um, getting yourself up for a game in a room full of other people playing X-Wing is an awful lot easier than um, like trying to get yourself up for a game at half seven, eight o'clock at night after you've had your tea and you know, you're sitting in your in your front room hunched over a laptop or, you know, sitting at a desk or whatever. It's just a bit yeah, it's a bit different, isn't it? Definitely just a bit different. I mean Liam seems to do pretty uh consistently across the two to be fair to him. So I don't I, like giving I, a compliments to him, but sometimes he needs them. I know I appreciate that. <laughs> See, what happened with me, like, I wasn't the best player, but I was all right uh, pre-lockdown. So I was starting to get a bit better. I won the Nottingham Store Champ. And then went into lockdown. I was like, well, this is going to kill me because I might finally start to build some momentum with the list I'm good at. And then it's gone. But then TTS appeared for me. And then I started to be able to put the reps in I should have been putting in in real life. Uh, and then because of that, I started to do better in some of the bigger tournaments but then it's only in the past six months where something's just really clicked and i've i've really started to uh i'm not playing as much as i used to but i think i've got the reps under my belt with certain lists now that things just click and i'm definitely twice the player i am now than i am six months ago i think we've we've talked about this a few times that if you get reps with an archetype or with a few chassis or a few specific lists um, it it helps you in two ways. One is that you know you know your interactions, you know your triggers in and out, and you know how to combat against other archetypes and lists and stuff because you you've played against pretty much everything. And the second thing is it just sharpens your eye and your decision making. You know what actions should I take? What moves should I put in here? Can I barrel roll out of that arc? You know will it will it get me clear of it? Um, you know can I barrel roll boost to get to the position I want to be in? You know and all of that stuff 
which if you're not really playing or you're not used to playing that kind of list with those kind of movement options, you, you kind of, you, you miss those things and that's when you get rusty. Um, I remember when Tom was on a few weeks ago and he was talking about, uh, you know, the, the event that he went to, he won a couple of games because people parked big base ships on a rock after doing a three bank. And it was like, yep, that's TTS rust right there. <laughs> I've, not, I've not played X-Wing for a year and a half rust. You know, just not knowing where that move lands you. And the three banks fool me all the time. And I know how to figure out where they're going to be. And still, I forget to do it or I just don't bother doing it because, oh, there's loads of space there. It'll be fine. And it's not. Just, <laughs> um, just while you're talking about that, this is something that interests me now. You know, when you're doing a move then, like a three bank, do, mm-hmm. do you do some weird thing to try and work out where it's going to go? Or do you just sort of think uh, it's about there? So I know that, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I know that a three bank on a small base ship goes like three and a half bases forward and turns 45 degrees. And I can't remember it exactly, but I think it goes like, is it one, it's, it's like three and a half or maybe four and a bit bases, turns 45 and then it goes like a half a base across um, from the edge of it. So like you can kind of, once you know what those are, um you could like once you can figure that out because you know the the templates don't change size so you can figure it out but um like because everybody knows that a one forward goes one ship base forward so it's really easy to visualize where that's going to end up um and that a one bank is kind of one and a half forward and then a little bit of a you know 45 degree turn and half a base sideways but for some reason i struggle to visualize the three bank particularly on large bases it breaks my brain what about you liam do you have any actual like formulas as such that you use for your movement? Or is it just you sort of, well, I know a three banks there. Uh, so pre-lockdown, no. But then thanks to TTS, obviously people were playing a lot more. And someone developed some form of picture. And it was a tiny little graph that had a movement chart effectively. So it had a small base. And then it showed you all the possible positions, forwards and banks end up. And then using that, it it then brings that up to medium bases and then large bases. So I've kind of just cemented that in my head. Yeah, and you sent me sure, that. Yeah, I'll I'll literally just... just sit there and go, uh, yeah, let me look at this picture. That fits. You know what I yeah, do? So that's how I work. <laughs> so so when I started out at the very beginning of X Wing, I, I basically to sort of try and get good quickly, and I, I almost exclusively flew two large ships. An awful long time. Um, I actually had uh, I got a, a bit of uh, cardboard, big sort of flat bit of cardboard, and a uh, black marker pen, and I basically drew around a large base, and then I mapped out all the. So I did the hard turns, and then I did one with the banks. So like the straights are dead easy, like Rich says. You know, like a two forward is literally a large base forwards, and then with the rest of them, I knew that a hard one overlapped. The corner the inside corner as you turn i knew that the hard two there was um it would almost be like um half a small ship base sort of distance and say with the banks i think the three f- bank is like you go two forwards one to the right and then pivot 45 degrees and it was just that visual visualization um and i basically had that grid and i hung it up on the wall next to my desk for several months so i could just basically just stare at it every now and again and just sort of really think about those manoeuvres. And that's kind of how I got around. So 
sort of learning the maneuver templates, right where you land. Mm-hmm. That might be an interesting question to add to your questions at the end sometime. Yeah, just to see how other people view it because like I, I've never studied. You know, like it's one and a bit. I just sort of practiced and then got right. I know where that lands now. Yeah, I mean, I've I've found that picture. I'll sling it up in the Sithiri Discord. I say I've just seen it come up in the Discord. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 put it in the the other one that yeah, yeah. people can see as well, um, just as a as a thing, um, so that people can can know what we're waffling on about when they read this, uh, or when <laughs> bit, they listen to a, this. Sorry, um, bit of a tangent, but you know, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's it's all good. Um, so yeah, um, so real life X wing, it's awesome. Um, and we're hopefully going to get to do more of it. Um, fingers crossed that um, we don't end up in another uh, lockdown or anything like that. Um, because you know, I think people are starting to crawl out of the caves now and develop the confidence of um, actually going out into social situations and open situations. Like, I mean, Element was really busy on Thursday when I went down. Like, it was heaving. And I've not seen that many people in one room for a long, long time. So, you know, it was, yeah, it was it, really good. It did start um, off quite quiet when I first started going down. Like, there was, like, me. There was, like, four of us. Um, some people playing Lord of the Rings, and yeah. then there was some 40k one side, and some of a fantasy sort of 40k game. Yeah, and, and now that you was kind of it. Now you can't move for Balrogs. <laughs> it's ridiculous down there on a Thursday. Honestly, it's like being in the Shire. <laughs> Why is Tom there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's especially bad when you're there, Ben or Benbow Baggins. All right, so we're going to talk about Ministravaganza. Anybody got anything that they want to talk about more about real life playing online and, and tournaments and all that kind of stuff, or can I kind of move on to I've the Ministravaganza? Just, just want to uh, again on Craig's thing. It pains me to do this, but uh, Tom did a really good job, and just want to say well done to him, basically. I'd say Scott as well, but we all know Scott didn't do anything except get drunk and Scott play badly. Scott, Scott rolled up with um with a, a bag full of, bag full of beer and a borrowed list because he hasn't played X Wing for about four years. <laughs> it was actually, do you know, the best bit was after we'd all played X Wing and we just sat around in boarding Brum, mm-hmm. having a few beers and just making fun of each other and having a laugh. I'd say that's the best bit, isn't it? It's the best bit. Yeah, of yeah. especially because the the um, the owner just sort of give Brian the keys and just like right lock up when you're done. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I like. I will add to that. Like, just looking at the event and looking at the ladder, that was a shark tank. That was one of the most competitive rooms I've been in. Yeah, <laughs> you're, on, you're, you're only ladder. saying that. You're only saying that because you finished second and you want some additional kudos. No, oh, it, it was it was a hard room. That's probably the hardest room I've ever played in. So we we yeah. did we did allude to it before because Liam said he came second because he lost to Ollie but Ollie did win the the did, the yeah. grade sixtieth um so Ollie world champion Pocono and he was flying Janors and four named Rebel A wings so there you go that's the um that's in a look inside the brain of the uh, of the world champion and we're not going to tell you the exact list because I don't know it uh, and uh, he he beat uh, Zam so Zam's fairly costed. And, and should stay at four points. points. Yeah. Oh no, no, Zam Zam pilot. So Zam pilot's going to come down pilot. to about fifty-two points, I think. Sounds good. And just and, balance right. and be turned into out. a generic. Be turned into a generic, so you can field three of them. Yeah. I think so. That'd be fair. Yeah. I, Sounds good. I was using Zam at weekend, and he is. Um, he is. He should just never have been made. I hate the cards <laughs> so much. It's just nonsense. So I'm. I'm gonna. I'm go- speaking about cards that should never have been made. That's a good segue into the mini extravaganza, isn't it? Are we going to talk um, about Luke Gunner? 
<laughs> I mean, I'm sure he'll come up um, as a good example. Or are we just going straight on to Boba Fett? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let, let's do let's do the intro. So a, a few weeks ago, there was a general kind of um, malaise kind of in the X-Wing community with people kind of going, oh, there's nothing, oh, yeah, OP, oh, nothing's changing, oh, where's the point? And AMG were like, we're doing this mini extravaganza, and then everybody went, oh, there's only one X-Wing panel, oh, and everything's painting and Marvel Crisis Protocol, oh. <laughs> and then what they did was, they did singularly the best X-Wing panel that I've um, had the pleasure of listening to for a long time um, in terms of release information. We didn't get a huge amount of concrete stuff, but what we did get was some really interesting conversations with the head of studio, so Simone, whose name I forget, the... the the lead designer, um, Will Schick, um, and then Plummer, who's the um, Brian Plummer, who's the the X-wing, old one, um, big big bald man, um, looks exactly like the kind of guy that just hangs out down Element all the time, and he's got his dream job. Um, and they were talking steroid, steroid Ben. <laughs> ben, if he sleeps with his feet in tomato bags, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's got um, so I mean, but they were talking openly and honestly and frankly about the game and about the future of the game and about some of the decisions that they've made and some of the things that they're going to do. Um, so we've got a bunch of different summaries that have been um, kind of drawn up by people um, who've been kind of looking into and recording and writing stuff down. Tim stayed up late and made notes. We've all rewatched the stream. I'm going to touch on a few things. Have we? Yeah. If you I look did. on the Seth Takers snapshot I know, I'm, Facebook I'm re-watching the stream. Oh, we're re-watching the streams. I've, 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 re- I've not even watched it one time. I just let everyone else glean that I, information for me and let me know. <laughs> I set it playing because you don't need to actually look at it. Once you've seen the cards, you don't need to look at it. I set it playing in the gym and I just listened to the Twitch stream in the gym. So I just got the, the conversation. So it was fine. Are you trying to force me to go to the gym? Nope. Um, I didn't go to the gym for about seven years. I'm never going to force anybody to go. Um, <laughs> Do you know, you from really, my house, really there is a the gym thing. five minutes away. <laughs> yeah. And I true. still don't go. It's <laughs> the only reason I go to mine. It's so close. Um, so I'm not going to. So they did do some spoilers. We'll come to those at the end because, you know, that's just speculation land. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that they talked about. First of all, points. They said points are going to be with us by the end of September. They said in the next week or two. Um, we don't know what the delay is, but they there was kind of a, oh, they're going to do points at the AMG uh, mini extravaganza. They didn't. They just said, you know, points are coming. We're still working on them. We've got a few things that we need to top and tail. And, um, I mean, not a lot you can say about that, is there? You know, they're... They're just saying, not yet, guys, hang on a second. So some people have stopped playing X-Wing because, you know, what's the point? And other people have kind of gone, oh, cool, last opportunity to run out my degenerate 200 point for Initiative <laughs> 4 scum list or whatever. Let's go. <laughs> so um, so no points yet, um, but, you know, they are coming because, you know, we know playtesters are playtesting them and we know that it's all in the final stages. Um, so they talked about organised play. They said there will be no organised play in the first half of 2022. Sweet. That means that the Sith Taker Open's not going to suddenly have a system open or a, a regionals or a nationals landed on top of it or, or within a couple of weeks either side of it. So we'll take that. Um, and they said that they are going to honour Worlds tickets from 2019 for the next world. So they've indicated that there is going to be a, a Worlds again. And they've said that they're going to be at Adepticon They'll be showcasing some new narrative play 
and also running some competitive play as well. So there is going to be a something before March, I think is Adepticon, February or March. Um, so there's going to be something released before that. So there's going to be something, but it's not going to be into the full track. So any views on that so far, Liam? Uh, I expected it. There was a lot of people going, there's no uh, OP announced or anything, but they've already alluded to it uh, like last year. I think it's people just getting impatient for not getting anything a little more concrete. I think it's the safest thing for the community uh, and they're taking their time because I think they genuinely want to get this right. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the emotional reaction is quite knee-jerk and going, oh, no, no, this, this, this. And I'm just like, take your time, take a breath, think about it logically. They're just yeah. trying to get this right and you need to chill your beans, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, I, I, I got that impression from... Some of the some of the stuff we'll talk about in a second, where people were demanding answers, and it's like, give it a couple of weeks, just be patient, just chill out, and they're like, yeah. answers now. I know, but but like <laughs> the, the guys were saying, I know I'm just really impatient. I, I just need to know now, and I know that I don't need to know now, but I want to know now because that's how I am. And it's like, yeah, fine, you know, but you know, take take a minute and take a breath because it's going to be fine. Um, that the information will come. And it doesn't. It's not ever going to stop you from playing the game. So, um, yeah. Did Did you have any any view on that, Ben? Or are you kind of, yeah, okay. No, cool. no, it's it's about the same to be honest. I mean, as long as they're doing something, I'm happy. And they kind of said that they're going to keep things. We're going to have the same structure as before because we you're going to have to win an invite to Worlds, is what they're saying. And I'm oh, okay with store. They've said they're gonna honor old invites to worlds. They've yeah, not yeah. said that but, you'll have to I mean, win that, an invite. That, that kind of implies that it's still gonna be the same. Or and you'll be guaranteed a ticket. I'm sure they've said worlds. somewhere earlier that they're gonna have OP still the same sort of thing. I think they're yeah. just encouraging people to come and play, which I'm cool about. Yeah. So I mean I mean, we off... used to do the Hoff shots, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had loads of new players start on a Hoff shot event where it was more fun based so i'm yeah. all for it so we were doing like aces high and small and mighty well not it wasn't aces high then because it didn't exist but it was like equivalent kind of style of game like small and mighty single ship events and you know like you can build anything you want on two ships or you know it's 100 points but you know there's no limits or whatever you know we, we yeah, used to yeah. put this stuff in and people could do whatever they wanted um, they have announced, they, they basically said outside of bigger OP, they really want to get local store OP going and they're going to create um, OP store kits for Aces High um, to run as an introductory store event to get newer players involved in the game, which, you know, exactly as you've just said, it works because, you know, you can give them a single ship. It's got a bunch of cool upgrades on it. It's thematic because it's Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader or Fenra or Boba Fett or, or whatever. Um, and then, you know, they then walk back into the store and say that looked like fun and you point them to the core set and a couple of upgrades and say those are the things you probably want to get to get started so i mean someone um, can come in and almost just look at the shelf and go i like that one ship pick it yeah. up and then play a game with it exactly um so they're talking about leaning into quick build cards for that as well um but that it is purely going to be a route to get um new players into the game um the other format that they talked about was um kick the can slash football slash soccer where let's um, go 
where you've put a droid, an astromech, around in a debris field with a concussion blaster and try and get them into a specific area so that you score points. Um, and they all and, and they said on the stream it was the most fun they had when they were playing about with alternate formats because they just loved like it was it was silly. You know, you were flying your ship, it was helping you to practice to with positioning, um, getting your ship in the right place so that you know you could you could move the astromech in the direction you wanted to move it. So you know you have to select the correct move to be able to do that. Um, you know, to, to get this ship in the right place and all that kind of stuff. But also, you know, anything that involves two or three or four people standing around a table. We've played Aces High in the club before, and it's a great laugh. You know, those kind of more casual formats are just a lovely break away from, like, 200, six, six ob obstacles and 200 points per side. It's just, you know, that's what we play. That's why we play the game, why we enjoy it. But every so often, just doing something different is great fun. So... I I think as well though it's something you could we could do as like you could have like some obviously not at the moment but you know you could get some food some drinks and make make it really casual and have what beer just and like pretzels a, it basically yeah yeah hundred percent just, just like you can just it's such a laugh playing aces high when you team up on each other or we all team up on Bob and make him sad. <laughs> well, if, if I can add a bit onto this, there's a, a few people that are going, uh, but I don't care about aces high. Uh, this kick the can just seems a bit uh but these are people who are they they see themselves as just competitive players and i think a lot of people need the reality check that this isn't all about you yeah all these th these formats they get new players invested in the game so you've got the aces high where you 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 look at target priority positioning you've got the kick the can uh, which i think is a fantastic idea that gets a little more of a game element and kind of introduces a little more uh, game interactions and core mechanics involved. And yeah. that's really hard to do. Yes, you've got your introductory starter set, but imagine doing a starter set as like one of the higher performing players in a room and then just completely bringing it back down against a child. Like just have fun playing this one scenario and it makes the community a better place. Yeah, and no, I think no. when you play a child, you have to bring three Skurgs, Andrea. Bob showed me that's how he did it. That, that's how you do it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, as well as the, the, the main um, X-Wing panel stream, um, there was a, um, a paint stream as well that, that Will Schick was doing with one of the other developers whose, whose name I can't remember right now, um, but I'll find it out in a second. Um, and he talked on that at some length about a number of different topics which we'll touch on as we go through and one of them was that they're making changes to the game because they want this game to run for at least 25 years they don't see this as a short-term money maker they want to make the game actually just have longevity and have staying power and be around in the same way that 40k has been around forever and yes it might ebb and flow the only way that you can do that is to constantly bring new players in and by only pandering to the tournament community, and this is me talking now, I'm not parroting what Will's saying, but this is what I kind of extrapolated from it. If you only pander to the tournament community, then new players just get put off by the complexity. You cannot get involved in the game. Whereas if you can bring them down to the, to, to the store and play some fun games with quick builds and stuff like that and get them into the game and get them involved in the game, then they are the next generation of competitive players. You know, when we inevitably stop playing, you know, the Sith Takers, when we were formed, 
whatever eight nine years ago um to to play x-wing at element um i think bob is like maybe the only remaining like original old guard member and he really doesn't play a lot of x-wing anymore it kind of bobs back in and out pun not intended (laughs) but um you know you need to have these opportunities and these options for for new players to come in and get involved in the game um and they talked about you know why are they reprinting ships like t-70s and t-65s and b-wings because everybody's got loads of those it's like you're right they do unless they're new players and new players want to come and buy four X-Wings because that's what they want to fly. Um, or they want to buy a B-Wing because it spins around and it looks cool. And if you don't have them on the shelves for people to buy, they're not going to buy them. So they were asked a specific question on that painting stream about reprints, specifically regarding the gunboat, um, because, you know, X-Wing players, um, and, you know, the gunboats currently sell for $50, $60 um, second-hand. not anymore. I'm sitting on a small fortune with <laughs> gunboats and aggressors. Yeah, get it sold now. You know I um, don't sell anything. <laughs> but they've, they've said, but so they've, what they've said is, we need to print these things because they're iconic ships, and new players to the game will expect to be able to use iconic ships. And if they can't buy them on off the shelf, then they might be put off the game or they might go to the second-hand market, more likely. But they might just not. They might just not bother. Say, like, oh, well, you know, I really want to use the Ghost and I can't buy it because there's none available because they've all been sold out. Or I really want to buy a Millennium Falcon for resistance because I want to use Ray, but I haven't got one. Do I have to buy the Rebel one and then buy the conversion kit? And suddenly that's a hundred quid to field a single ship for a single pilot. Doesn't feel right. So you know it's yeah they're they're talking in in very sensible terms about growing the community, growing the player base, and and that they are aware that they will have to make changes, and some of the player base might not like the changes that they make. But as far as they're concerned, if the game's going to run for twenty five years, they are occasionally going to have to do things that not everybody's a fan of, and I think that's fair enough. Did either of you disagree? Well, without going into too much about the changes yet, but it, if if they just don't work, we can always just change back. It's fine. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> and and this is another this this is genuinely another thing that 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 Wilshik said on this um on this painting stream was they make changes to the game because they think that those will make the game better, right? They think that what they're putting out there is the standard set of rules for people to play with are the best option for playing the game. But you don't have to do it that way because they don't have a police force that's going to smash down the door of your kitchen and force you to play in the new way using the new rules or whatever changes they implement. You can still be playing version one if you want to. You can still be playing to 100 points with version two ships and halving everything. You can you, you can do whatever you want, man. You know, it only becomes a challenge when you want to go to a competitive tournament and you've got a bunch of um, of other people wanting to play as well, then you have to align to the AMG rules. But there's nothing to stop you from just doing what you want. You know what I mean? If you want to be able to fly four versions of Anakin Skywalker in the same list, do what you want. It's fine. You know what I mean? It's just crack on. It might not work for points, but you know what I mean? It's you know Four versions of Oddball, that's easier. He'll fit. Um, but yeah. I mean, uh, just to just to put it, uh, Dallas Kemp, he was a creative director, so one of the arty people was the person whose name I couldn't remember when I was talking about it before. Um, just wanting to name check these guys because they're doing some great work. Um, I'll just I'll just pop on to the the next point because you know we've gone through organised plan that kind of stuff. Um, 
points and rules update. They've said nobody who plays X-Wing will have seen a points change like this before. The, I, I use the word carnage is to be expected. I don't know what carnage is going to look like. And but, if you remember a while back, I said, I hope we do something crazy because yeah. it'll just be fun. Yeah, wholesale changes. I mean, 10 point boba. <laughs> Defenders at 50, just so you can stick four in a list. I, I just hope that they holds. do things like, oh, well, you can have two defenders on well just for example the two defenders will lower their price but you can only take two of them there's two pips mm-hmm. on them it's not on the card but it's in the squad building pdf well yeah uh funny you should say something like that i was um, gonna say go on liam go on in, go this, on in this paint stream uh they obviously introduced the i well they mentioned it before but they introduced the idea of a uh a banned and restricted list Oh, but that's a total spoiler that I haven't watched any of the streams there, innit? <laughs> well, yeah. you can stop on that one, can't you? <laughs> so, basically, what they're saying is um, you've got to look at making sacrifices in your list. So, you could say, for example, they're not saying this is exactly how it's going to work, but it could be you've got Soon Tier, Darth Vader, and Sienna, but they're restricted to two. So, you can only take two of those three pilots. I'm, so I'm adds, all for that. I think that's amazing. So am I. I think it adds additional list building challenges. Uh, and these things already kind of exist. So we have got some upgrades that function like that, like discords. Uh, obviously, you've got your built-in three pips. But giving everyone the choice of everything, but people will go different directions within the restrictions while still having access to everything originally, I think it's a really good part of uh, the list building challenge originally, yeah, uh, which I think is half the game in my eyes, and uh, yeah. and obviously for competitive level, it's going to be good. Yeah, it 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 interests me to see how they're going to do it because th- these these concepts aren't new to gaming, and the the, the developers and Will Will Shake and, and Simone Elliott and other people that are involved in AMG have got. Um, many miles under their belts with many different games um, over the years and you know so they're pulling loads of different concepts in here into what they think are going to enable X-Wing to, to grow he was talking very he being Wilshick was talking very openly and honestly about why they're wanting to put these restricted and banned lists in and he just simply said um the, the the problem the, the problem with um with a game as big as X-Wing and as sprawling as X-Wing with such as a big back catalogue of stuff is that at some point in the past you've designed yourself into a, a corner, right? You've done something that you didn't foresee as being an issue until another three upgrades that layer on top of it <laughs> happen. And if you don't have the concept of restricting or banning, then then you can't do anything about that. So what FFG tried to do was they introduced things like the hyperspace format where they could curate lists of cards that you were and weren't able to use. And they points things up to oblivion. So, you know, you talked about Luke Gunner before, but Luke Gunner was an, a, a, you know, an example where they said, this is a training wheels card, nobody will ever use it until Jack Mooney stuck it on Han Solo as a feature and said, well, it's an extra force, then I've got two, and I'll always get a shot because I get to rotate in the system phase. 
um and i've got all of this other stuff and you can't kill han because he's got regen so oh, no. that's 30 you, points you didn't you didn't move in you the know? system phase you moved oh, no, it's the, just the before you phase. shot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've always got a shot that's why um, it was so broken yeah and you know and and what will shake basically said was was you know having just like somebody said isn't no different to pointing stuff up and he said well pointing stuff up is just trying to do a ban list but in a really weird way like why don't you just Soft ban it yeah why don't you just ban it if it's bad for the game just ban it just say you can't use this because you know if people still want to use Luke gunner they can still use it in their kitchen but you turn up to an amg official event you can't use Luke gunner because it's busted um so we're not going to let you have it sort of thing um you know it's and it's better to prune than to allow this weird thing to happen that causes new players to get confused you know why is this card you know 75 points it must be awesome i'm gonna put it in my list well that's oh it turns out it's not awesome. didn't they yeah back themselves into such a corner that they couldn't do anything about it and we just at least this will reduce the power creep because we have seen power creep in even in 2.0 absolutely I mean, you know. yeah, 1.0, 1. they had, yeah, they ended up just taking a whole punch to the Jumpmaster card and removing some of its upgrade slots, <laughs> you know. And then to make things terrible, they released the config, which allowed you to take this astromech, which brought the points down, so you yeah, could take was... five of them. But oh, I love that. Have a function X-Wing, so you had one X-Wing with four, uh, was it four upgrade cards stapled to it, just to make it, yeah, so you had you had integrated astromech plus the config plus you had the flight assist astromech or something else in there and yeah you were spending like one point to get three upgrade cards basically or something like that it was yeah so i mean the, the i would encourage people we don't want to just like rattle off like verbatim what was said on this painting stream but it's it's um well shit gets quite philosophical and, and opens up quite honestly about a few of the things that you know were were clearly very wrong with how the game was previously being handled in his opinion as an experienced game designer and it gives a good insight into kind of some of the changes or some of the concepts that they're talking about introducing um and he said the same thing about hyperspace and extended he said he thought that was i'm going to paraphrase and say like a clumsy way to deal with the problem um instead of just having a ban list or um you know a properly curated format they they had this weird thing where some cards were available some cards weren't and and he just felt that it was confusing again to new players you know turning up to a tournament and even experienced players turning up to a tournament and going oh i didn't realize it was hyperspace now i've got to sink 100 <laughs> quid in the shop so i can get a legal list yeah. um, not everybody can do that some people turn around and go home and that shop then loses custom and loses business and, and loses reputation and uh, yeah like it's um, just the stupidest name because people are like what's hyperspace? At least if you just call it, you know, it's the ban list sorted. Everyone knows as soon as they look at it what it is. Yeah, and and again, if you have a ban list, it doesn't mean that you can't ever use e wings again. It means that when you're playing games with people, you can say, "Are we going to just can I use my e wings list?" And your opponent will be like, "Yeah, it's fine, man. Crack on. Don't care. <laughs> Whatever. You know, as long as you are aware that if you go to a tournament." Um, that people will say, can I use my E-Wing list? And they say, no, you're not allowed to use E-Wings because they've been banned um, or whatever. So, you know, just, but going to tournaments, you know, people should be more aware of that stuff. So it's, it kind of makes sense. Um, so yeah, I would talk about that a little bit. Um, I think kind of, it's worth now if we touch on the big kind of, the big changes that, that were talked about in terms of how they were going to run play 
Um, and this is the stuff that caused the internet to go full chicken little for a couple of days, which was hilarious um, to, to watch because measured voices were being ignored as people had clearly heard some words and immediately started screaming into the void rather than listening to the rest of the words that came after the words that they listened to. Don't you um, ruin my mob culture. <laughs> oh man, there was pitchforks at, pitchforks at dawn in a couple it of always, channels yeah. and Facebook groups. It was brilliant. Um, it always reminds me, if, if on South Park, whenever they're falling out, all they just all stand together and like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, and that's what I always hear when it's sort of going mad on the Facebook page. Oh, oh it was hilarious. So, all this, some of these announcements, all it did was highlight that there's two types of people in this world there's those who can extrapolate from incomplete data, <laughs> and that's it, right? <laughs> and they just highlighted who they were, and they were like, Well, I'm going to be the loudest voice in the room. Even though don't, even though I can't understand what's actually being said, yeah. So you've got it, it's basically everyone's just starting this fire, and then you've got the people who actually understand what has been said there with a hose pipe going. Could you stop? Because you don't understand what's going on. So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read out the thing that they said that caused the most uh, irritation, which was basically in the core set there was no um, identified endpoint to a game. Um, so they decided that they would. They went through a whole bunch of data. They looked at a whole bunch of information, and they decided that they were going to implement um, a game length of twelve rounds. At which point the internet goes into meltdown, right? And then you know they 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 said because you know the time limit is from um, the tournament regulations. Um, and from the, uh, oh, sorry, they, they didn't say this on the stream. This is, you know, pe people in chat, in, in Twitch chat were saying, no, this is 75 minutes is from the tournament regulations. You need to go out of the core rules. So a new player who buys the game for the first time and has a, you know, builds enough, enough stuff for a 200 point list working just off the core rules and not even the rules reference guide um, or, or even with the rules reference guide is going, well, how does this game finish? This game finishes when I kill your last TIE fighter. And then they spent four hours with a one-hole X-Wing chasing a one-hole TIE fighter around the board. <laughs> and the dice just don't happen and variance occurs and it goes on forever. And they basically said, right, the game... You've got to save this person who's still sat at the table four years later <laughs> trying to finish the game. Rescue that person. <laughs> their their mum is really desperate to be able to eat dinner off the table again at some point in the future. <laughs> so they're like saying... jigsaw you never finish. <laughs> Set up on the table with about three pieces on it in 10 years. <laughs> Sunday dinner off knees for a long time because you can't mess up the jigsaw. <laughs> so they've basically said that there's going to be um, there's going to be three lengths of game in the core set that you can that you can introduce yourself. You can do nine game nine rounds as a quick game. Um, a standard round a standard engagement game would be twelve rounds. Um, and then if you want to play an extended or cat, more of a cat and mouse style game, you can extend it up to 15 um, because the the number of rounds that you have available to you will change how you think about the game as you play it and how long you're willing to stall and engage for and how long you're willing to run for and all that kind of stuff. Because if you've got less, you know, if you've got one round and you need to run, then that's it, an easy decision. But if you've got six rounds left and you need to run, then you're thinking actually is running the right choice because I'm going to get caught eventually, and he's got time to catch me. Super so. hot take right here. With him saying about that being in, not being in the core set, do you think that we might get a new core set 
with maybe some like maybe different faction, maybe like different era. Yeah, corsets. I for that. Well, there used that, to be two. They could bring corsets, in, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say they could bring in maybe a resistance and a first order one. Yeah. To update because they are probably the weaker of the the factions. And then the same with um, Republican separatists, they could bring that in. You know, that yeah, they could bring in new core sets, but, you know, they're, they're definitely going to update the rules. Um, so the internet went mad about the fact that you can't run, you know, 12 rounds because 12 rounds can last two hours or it can last, you know, 35 minutes. And you can't run tournaments based on that. And everybody was going mad about it. And level heads were kind of saying, well, of course, there'll be a time limit. And then somebody asked on, I think it was like a Marvel Crisis Protocol stream or something like that, Will Schick was on. And he, he just said, and maybe I picked up on this and I, I don't want to you know, definitely attribute it to him, but there was a note of derision in his voice when he answered it because he said, well, it would be dumb or, or words to that effect, like it would be dumb. Of course, there'll be a round time limit for competitive play you can't not do that and he said something like um you know i don't know if you've got a lot of experience of tournament play but there are round time limits for every competitive game and like the, the tone of his voice was just like am i having to talk to you idiots about this do you really think we're going to remove time limits from the game and say that you know like you know whatever it is armada it's like a you know you get your six turns or whatever it is or your four turns and but you know that lasts roughly you know however many hours it is that it takes to play a one round of armada i don't know but um you know three and, days <laughs> it just you know he was just like oh really like you, you could almost hear his eyes rolling back in his head it was it was like do i really have to talk to you about this i so, mean if because people couldn't kind of understand how tournaments are running everything it's like to me it's a really simple premise clearly you run things on time you run things to a schedule people were asking this i was like do you need to be reminded to breathe <laughs> like, this is this is common sense yeah i mean so they people didn't give us so all the information fun. they didn't no. give us all the information but as you said before extrapolating from incomplete data is not a skill that the entire world um has so um before we start you know rubbishing half of our listeners um let's carry on <laughs> sorry but if any of them do need it take a breath now yeah take a breath wait 48 <laughs> hours before you wait 48 hours before you post on the internet <laughs> oh, there was just one thing there was people going does that mean they're gonna give us a, a turn counter or something now i feel like amg should give us a turn counter pack and i'm just like Use a use a D twenty. Yeah, some some people have already gone and designed them, and they'll be for sale on Etsy on probably by the same token, Cogger Two, Curlpaw Creatives, Highland Foundry, or whatever all the different third party token uh, manufacturers are called. You know, they will be making them because people will be like, "Cool, you know, we play twelve round games now for fun um, because you know that's more fun for us." So somebody will get round counters going, and yeah, you know, or use a D twenty or a post-it note and a sharpie or you know remember Write numbers down round yeah. counter is going to be really fun on a casual night though isn't it because a lot yeah. of times like you, you time your games but you end up chatting and i have to go yeah. to the toilet 600 times <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i mean the ones so a couple of the ones that have shown up on some of the facebook groups are cool because they're like the um the death star approaching yavin and you know it's you know as you're turning the counter it 
it's, you know, it's moving the Death Star towards Yavin and kind of, So, you know, it's like, yeah, they they that all look really, really cool. cool. Um, but, you know, not entirely necessary, are they? Um, especially not if, you know, every game 75 minutes. Because um, they didn't say, you know, 75 minutes or 12 rounds. They said 75 minutes. Um, going to talk about the big change now. Unless you either of you have got any last thoughts that you want to have about game lengths. No, I'm good. I'm, I've... I've given up trying to make everyone hate me. Oh, it's no, it's you don't really have to try. Oh, <laughs> it speeds up the process, Ben. No, they just have to look at you one time, if that. Oh, easy oh. enough. <laughs> so, um, bid, bids, bids. So, one of the things that they said in the streams is basically um, negative. I don't want to say negative play experience because that's not what they said. They said people were making choices about how they played the game that they didn't think were good for the future and for the health of the game. Um, and those things were around uh, bidding deep. Um, so getting into huge bid wars so that you could ensure that you moved second as a player um, and also um, therefore not spending your 200 points. Um, they thought that both of those things were less optimal for the overall health of the game. Um, so they have implemented two rules, um, which it's a bit counterintuitive how they've implemented this. Um, but basically what they've said is, is that um, you get no benefit from having a bid. Um, first and second player will be randomly allocated um, at the start of the game. We don't need to go into the chicken little moment that happened about this one uh, because there was an awful lot of consternation before I think one of the, the other podcasts got a confirmation somehow from AMG that um, they said it'll be assigned once at the start of a game. It won't switch backwards and forwards. It won't be allocated um, randomly every round. There's not going to be anything else. Basically, you roll a dice like you do at the minute, but you roll a dice at every game. And if you win the dice roll, you are first player. And if you lose the dice roll, you are second player. So it's not that you get to choose. You roll a dice and that allocates it, or however they end up doing it. We don't actually know how they're going to implement this, so we have to see um, how it ends up being implemented. Um, but so therefore, bid doesn't matter. So you could be, uh, uh, you could have Anakin Skywalker in a 14-point bid. I could have Suntir and have spent my full 200 points, um, and uh, I win the roll-off. Suntir moves second, and you've just wasted 14 points. They've compounded this to basically mean that everybody will spend all 200 points by saying that any points that you don't spend are automatically given to your opponent at the start of the game towards points destroyed. So if you spend 199 points, your opponent starts the game with a 1-0 win. And even if you table them then, the score will be 200 to 1 because you've given them a one-point head start. Um, so, yeah, I um, mean... Uh, personally... I think they should have done one or the other. Um, yeah. yeah. I That's actually, I, stand with it. I think I prefer the the bid one going to your opponent because the making people spend the full points, you're just making aces better. Can I can I just pitch in one sec here as well? No, you can't. Just, no, you can't, Tim. Shut up. Well, I'll just, anyway. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just mute you. It's fine. So um, you, you're the master control, anyway. No, so so like, I mean, I think I chatted, and and basically that's what I said to Ben at the weekend, but. For me, one of the interesting thing about list building in X-Wing has always been the bid. Now, I'm not an Aces player, and I don't very, well, I very rarely build a list with a, well, I'll, I'll put a bid into this so that I can choose who's first player. 
Um, we did it with the Torquil Mux list in the group stage where we ran out 198 um, so that we could potentially choose first player, second player um, against other swarms so that we could go for blocks. I actually, I see, I, I quite like that as a, a tactical choice that you make as a player. And also, it, it I feel it also um, adds a bit to list variety. Whereas, like, if you say all those, you know, bad example, because hopefully it'll be broken, but Django Zan, if we said that you're going to give up points to your opponent, practically every Django Zan list is going to be the same. And there might, might be a couple of upgrades that change. But what you have got instead is that, you know, you've got those players having to drop certain upgrades to potentially get the bid in the mirror. And then that, like, so like, for example, when I played at the weekend, I think Tom had dropped the hull upgrades. Um, so that was interesting for me because it made it obviously easy to get half points and stuff on those lists. Uh, and I, I think, yeah, one or the other, like keeping the bid... But giving the deficit system, I think, would have been absolutely fine. And I think the ace players would have been fine with that as well, or those that wanted the bids. And maybe you wouldn't get people going quite as deep then, because, you know, I mean, take Ollie as an, as an example. So he ran 186 um, oh, um, at the XTC. But that would be giving every opponent 14 points at the start of the game. Well, that's half yeah. one of my spaces. You know, so but I think that in those games that maybe that is is a compromise he's willing to make to to essentially try and get first player, and it's like buying it as an upgrade, then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that's, that's my that's my my thought on it. Yeah, and I think I, to- it's totally fair, though, isn't it? You know, because then it makes that that tactic of not playing until the end of just nipping in, half pointing something, and you've got to be a bit more careful if you've given up like fourteen, eighteen points to yeah. do that. I mean, what, one of the things that I want to kind of say as a as an overarching thing is that we are taking this information in the context of what we know the game to be now. And AMG are making these changes in the context of what they know or what they envisage the game as being in the next three or six months' time. So yeah. we don't know how they're going to change the game, how they're going to change other things like objective play, which they've talked about, and scenario play, which they've talked about. You know, they want people to be coming in, spending the upgrades, and and they said as much in in a couple of the streams that they want people to be coming in, spending 200 points on upgrades so that they can do cool stuff with their ships, like firing proton torpedoes and rolling four dice, um, rather than having a 14-point bid. You know, and it is going to lead to people putting upgrades that they don't need onto ships in order to pad them out. Caveat, if squad building stays the same, because squad building might change, because they're making a carnage level change to the points, which we don't yeah. know what that means. Um, so, you know, how you build a list might change entirely. Um, as Liam referred to earlier, restricted and banned lists. You know, what if you can only take one of Luke Skywalker, Thane Kyrell, and Wedge Antilles in an X-Wing list? Otherwise, you've got to pick, you know, from the other buckets of X-Wing pilots. And I mean, this is just stuff that we've made up that we don't know to be true. Um, but, you know, what if it's all quick builds? What if, you know, it's a standard config of upgrades for every pilot and that's what you get and it costs a set amount of points? You know, we we just don't know what they're going to do at the minute. Um, so if I could just slightly interject. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, can you be quiet? Uh, so my, I do have a small issue with the points deficit is if I'm sitting at 199, uh, I've got to take a one-point upgrade that has n- no place in a list. Yeah. 
and it just makes the board like the board state a little busy busier than it needs to be or or take your three point upgrade off and put a four point upgrade instead that's better maybe because this is the thing it, it's going to make people think about building lists differently yeah because you have to think about lists in two ways you can't say i'm going to go to 182 and i'm going to win the bid in every single game and if i don't win the bid in one game that's a freak occurrence I will lean on the fact I have an 18-point bid and a moving second all the time in order to give me perfect information to help me to win the game. And one of the things that Wilshik actually said was, you know, if you're not working with perfect information, you need to learn how to play the game differently. And if yeah. that means spending 200 points and having I1s and 2s that you can leverage as blockers so that your aces can still do work when they're moving first, then you need to learn how to play differently. It's going to change how you build lists because you'll build lists knowing that you could be moving first or you could be moving second. Um, you know, you can't put 120 points into Super Guri or Super Kylo or whatever it is and then have an enormous bid knowing that that ship can get you enough points to win the game and then just nobody can ever shoot them again because you might be moving first. Um, so yeah. yeah, if you want to use that ship, you have to come with a plan for how to do it. And all that's going to happen is that competitive players are going to identify lists where you go, do you know what? If I'm moving first, sweet, I'm okay with that. If I'm moving second, yep, different game plan. It's just a different way to play the game. And yeah. to me, it's, I mean, we've already seen it a bit. You know, we see people flying, you know, AC lists or ace and gang lists that go to 200. Um, you know, you've got ace lists like the one Ollie won Worlds with that was at 199 or 200, but it was built in a way that meant that it didn't need a bid because it had, you know, passive sensors and it had, you know, other things yeah. that it was able to, to, to deal with. The fact that it wasn't necessarily always going to be moving second. But when it is moving second, it's perfectly happy, but it's able to cope with not. And I think it's just going to change stuff. And I think people yeah. have for eight years been playing aces and aces is perceived as and possibly is a, a high skill way to play the game you know if you're a new inexperienced player aces can be very frustrating to play with and against because when you play against them you never shoot them and you lose and when you play with them your ships evaporate in four turns and yeah. you can't figure all, out what you're doing wrong all right? new players seem to be drawn towards aces yeah first yeah, lift i ever brought to a club night was imperial aces i mean it was built all wrong but yeah double repositioning yeah. You know, uh, well, the next stuff. point is something they said, which I thought was really exciting, is obviously with some ships you buy, you go, right, I've got soon tier, I'm putting Predator on that, and that's good. That's all you're going to run with it. 56 points, let's go. Uh, but they also mentioned about implementing quick build cards into standard play. Yep. But it's not you're paying the individual points for each upgrade. And that's how you play it. You get it at a slight discount. So the quick build card for Sunfac comes out if you to price everything individually as 86 points. That's Ensnare, Predator, Shield Upgrade, and Afterburners. Mm -hmm. But how they said it, and to me, it implies that I could be getting that at 80 points instead of 86 because I'm not allowed to take off an upgrade or add an upgrade. Yeah. I just get that chassis. And it's 
I think that quick build is threat three, isn't it? Which is, it is yeah. you know, the equivalent of like a, a 200 point list is eight threats. So it's the equivalent of like, what, a 60-ish point ship? Something uh, like yeah. that. So, you know, it's 60 still... 60 points of wholesome fun. It's still ridiculously cheap. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see how they're talking about um, bringing quick builds in. And I really hope I don't have to go and root out all the quick build cards because I'm pretty sure I kept them, but I think I just chucked them in a box somewhere and I need to not find that box. <laughs> and, or, or if they're going to release a new set of quick builds, who knows? Because, you know, PDFs and printers and the internet is a thing. So I have all yeah. mine in one place because I'm an obsessive tidier. Yeah. Um, yeah, they could also go. They could partner this with the restricted list and go right. Then you can take one restricted, uh, quick build. Yeah, and I think this creates such a, a new dynamic build space for the game that we we are making all these comments on what we know of the game currently. And as you mentioned, these guys know what the game is going to be in three to six months. Yeah. And, and I was apprehensive about some of the things they said, but ultimately I've slept on it and I'm excited. I'm, you know, the thing I've mentioned it before, but the thing that got me the most excited was that they said repeatedly on multiple streams over and over again, we want the game to thrive, not survive. We want it to be running for 25 years, more than it's been running already, and it's been going for 10. And we want yeah. it to keep running. We don't want it to... We're not here to put this thing to bed. They talked. Of, they said the same about Armada. Now, Armada has been told we're not going to be doing anything for a couple of years. But they said we're not doing anything for, for a couple of years, but we're still custodians of this game, and we still want to improve it and make it better. I so mean, what are they going to do? They were going to reprint, didn't they? They've not... Yeah. You know, it's not like it's just gone, yeah, it's finished, it's a complete game. Yeah. <clears throat> what I've was the word of that announcement? Was it say we've got no new plans for ships? Yeah. For, for like two, it... they said basically for two years. So if they start a dev cycle now, they're not going to be releasing that content for at least 18 to 24 months. So they've just told the people there's nothing in development now. But this, and... is, this is, they also did mention me. that they would reprint. Yeah. They said they'd do reprints and everything, but if they specifically said ships slash new content, that kind of implies that they may have something in the pipeline in regards to a new starter Quite or possibly. Armada yeah. 2.0. Obviously, yeah. that's me going off it, how I've remembered it. It might be wrong. If so, eh, sorry. Yeah. We, we don't know. And nobody, listen, nobody listens to this who plays Armada or what well, they probably do. I Actually, do. no, they definitely do. They're probably a bit of a mixture. Um, Next point of topic, sideboards in OP. Took me a bit to realise that this just wasn't talking about Australian fast bowler style facial hair, um, but was actually... Was that cricket? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I knew something about sports. <laughs> so you lost, re- you lost me on that reference because I'm young. Murph Hughes I, I was a very um... famous fast bowler in the 90s and early 2000s from Australia who had massive mutton chops and he basically had like a, a one inch gap on his chin and apart from that he had these huge big things and then it went up and over into a moustache as well. Um, anyway, he had he had magnificent facial hair, did Murph Hughes. Um, Liam and, wouldn't know uh, anything about facial hair, you see. No, but I know something about fast bowels. I've had a virus a couple of weeks ago. Oh, me. I only um, so... knew it was cricket because you said Australia and it was either cricket or rugby. <laughs> or racism. Been... Or Aussie <laughs> rules. <laughs> so I, I was a bit, I'm just moving on. Um, I was a bit like, I was a bit confused what sideboards were. And then um, 
some of the some of the lads that I chat to on a semi-regular basis were talking about, you know, it's like in, you know, Magic the Gathering or it's like in this game or that game. I was like, I don't play those. Can you extrapolate? Was and, the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and they basically said, you know, you, you go to an event and you've got your 60 cards that make up your deck or whatever, but you can also bring like an additional 10 or 15 cards or whatever. And they're your sideboard. And in between games, you can trade cards from your sideboard into your deck um for but you have to take cards out or whatever um and the the, the concept of that in x-wing interests me and the reason why is because we've seen it working with online play where people can change their list after two turns after two rounds you don't like it change your list you don't like it change your list and this is to me if if it is what i think it's going to be if you make a list and you think it's going to be super awesome because you've got some janky upgrade combo in it and it turns out it's not working after a couple of rounds, you can take the super chanky combo off your ships. You can put proton torpedoes on there instead, and you can be perfectly happy because you've not got something different to play with for the rest of the game. Um, or, you if know, um, if it's anything like, like with Malifaux, for example, you just mm-hmm. literally turn up to a table, you have your models with you, you have as many as you want for your, and you, you just tell them your given faction, and then you build a list with what you've got there. Mm-hmm. So you, you could sort of. Maybe with quick builds or something, and you can just sort of have show what cards you've got, and then be like, right, this time, you know, you don't have to um, tell them before you start build, 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 and then you each put a list out. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a couple of th- things I've sort of thought about this. So, like, yeah, so you you have very much got the the very basic magic sideboard, but that really only works in magic because you play best of three rounds or 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 more than that, say five or seven. So you play a game and then you can basically use your subs bench to like make some changes, which doesn't really work um, unless, like you say, you have a point in the tournament where you can sub stuff. The Manifo bit could work, um, and that could also work a little bit with how I believe uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol plays, because they are talking about bringing scenario playing. And you might choose your scenario, and it'll give you a certain number of points you can use then build your list. Um, yeah. So you might decide what how you do that. So I mean, I think yeah, it is very vague about what this could be because uh, there are several different ways they could implement it. Um, so in my head, the way I see this going is you probably take a sideboard of say like seventy five points, and you go right. Then I can go two directions with my list. So I've got this direction here, but I've got this direction in my main list. So you can, when you get to a table, you can probably interchange two ships depending which way you want to go with it. Uh, but that could be completely wrong because I didn't know what a sideboard was until two days ago. Yeah, and I mean, it, yeah, this is it. Like, it could be that it could be anything. Like, you you have your list, and at the start of the game, when you and your opponent say hello to each other, you see what the list is, and then you may say, right, I'm gonna make a couple of changes. Um, I don't know. Um, so yeah, we'll have we'll have to wait. There's, there there are certainly several different ways that they could implement this. Yeah, and and I think it's interesting. And and again, it's interesting because it shows you know that they're thinking about the game in a different way than we do as players. And that's why we're not game designers because you know they've they've taken it. They've taken this big IP. They've taken this huge existing game. And rather than going well, the way it's run at the minute is this, and we'll build on from that. They've kind of said, well, this is an opportunity for us to essentially if not in name x-wing 3.0 just change how the game plays um and if we like it 
we'll stick with it. If we don't like it, we'll vote with our feet and we'll see how it goes. Um, and I'm, yeah, I mean, the, the idea of an OP is interesting. To me, it sounded like, in my simple brain, a bit like Hangar Bay, like we used to do, you know, where you turn up, you visit your opponent, you've both got two squads, you say, all right, I'm going to play with squad A, and then go, I'm going to play with squad B. And, you know, you can change what squad you're going to use based on, you know, what your opponent's got. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, so th th there's two more things kind of that came out of this, and, and then just, we can move just on. Just before to... you move on to oh, the, yeah, go on, ben. The, the only thing that I've, problem I've got with it is if it's like a full OP thing, it makes it harder to bring, you know, like when you go to a tournament, we all have like a little box that we all carry around because of space. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're having to bring, say, an extra two or three ships, it's just where do you put them? Um, Probably in the same bag, Ben. No, I mean, when they're out, you can't no. just have them on the side. You know, it's to carry them around a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's the only thing bit. I can see being a bit of a pain. Do you know something? I'm confident that the aftermarket storage solution providers will come up with something really neat and handy that is, you know, the easiest way to deal with this stuff. Um, fairly quickly after they announce whatever it's going to be but yeah i mean it's it's it'll be an additional bit of faff but if if they do it that way but you know it could just be cards it could be yeah. you know models it could be anything we just don't know so i mean we um, get spoiled don't we so we kind of yeah. don't think about that as much <laughs> um yeah space isn't really a problem for us most of the time um, so except for when it's full of hobbits and Nazgul and Balrogs again. Um, so, um, so uh, they they talked uh, just skipping on to um, the next kind of thing. They talked about competitive scenarios and objective play. Um, they want it to be tactical and strategic um, in all things, and more than just shooting down other ships. Um, and they want it also to be a high level part of the high level competitive aspect of the game as well. So to include that in some way. Um, in organized play at a, at a, at a higher level. Um, they also talked about standard squads for use in both casual and competitive play, um, where you get a pilot similarly built to a quick build, um, but that would allow you to do things that you otherwise can't do. So like, for example, torpedoes on a TIE fighter, the kind of stuff that we all laughed about being on the FFG quick builds when they first came out. Um, and then they, they did reference two packs that they're working on, being the Battle of Yavin and the Siege of Coruscant. So Battle of Yavin would be X-Wings, Y-Wings versus TIE Fighters, TIE Bombers. And Siege of Coruscant is going to be Roger Rogers versus Jedi. And then, you know, the opportunity to do stuff like reenacting Death Star Trench runs and different stuff, which, you know, we do already, but bringing them in. I like that concept. Standard standard squads, Vader and the Black Squadron, Red Squadron, Gold Squadron. Sounds good. So good yeah. that you've all forgotten how to speak. Honestly, <laughs> like, they mentioned that and I was a bit like, eh, because they said something else, which you might be going to later, that caught my attention. What was and that? I was all in on, that was campaign play. Yeah, that's the next thing on the list. Yeah, so I'll um, shut up. So, but like, I, I love the idea of it being like, right, here's Gold Squadron, here's Dutch Vander, you know, here's the rest of them. I can't remember what they're called, all the ones that die. You know, here's here's Red Squadron, here's Luke, here's Wedge, here's Biggs, you know, here's Porkins, here, everybody, all these guys. Let's just, you know, and, and they've got a standard build out and you can just go, right, I'm going to slap down these four or five, six ships and 
I don't need to worry about anything else. I'm playing Battle of Yavin or I'm playing Siege of Coruscant. I'm going to get my Jedi and my and my Lat and my I mean, Torrents and whatever else comes out for Republic and I'm going to slap them down and I'm going to play Siege of Coruscant and it's going to be awesome fun. And to me, it's just like another quick and easy way to get people involved in the game. You know, if just, you can run that. Just remember though, at the start of 2.0, they did these theme things and they were not very popular. Yeah, I have and more trust you in this. You didn't play them much either. No, I didn't. No, you're right, because they, <laughs> they, they were badly constructed. And, you know, so yeah. I think that's why me and Liam are a bit like, meh. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we have to see what they do with it, yeah, yeah. don't we? You know, it could be awesome. And then they did talk about campaign system where, I mean, Heroes of the Aturi cluster has been around forever, but it's always been fan-led. And it's been incredibly popular, and everybody that I know who's played it has said it's it's fascinating because you know you end up with an A wing that's worth 158 points <laughs> by the end of the campaign or whatever. Um, you know, and can drop bombs and has 14 talent slots and things like that. But I'm you know, really interested in this. I could see yeah, this being so something that maybe would be something I could play on at home on the computer because it's not like I've said before. I struggle to get into that competitive mindset. But like, just for example, say the three of us every I don't know Thursday sit down and we do this campaign together. I think that'd be brilliant. Yeah, being, being able to D&D. do. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's it, isn't it? And that, that's all Heroes of the Aturi Cluster was. Was it was it was D and D, but X Wing. And this is exactly the same. But you know, they've they've talked about they've they've thought through a bunch of different campaigns and scenarios and different things. And you know, we've had these little scenarios in packs before right back to the very start of the game the original core set or something had, a se- had the senator's shuttle <laughs> had the senator's shuttle cardboard token which nobody knew what it was for <laughs> it's like what is this it's like oh there's a scenario in the rules it, it just flies across the board and you've got to try and protect it all oh, right cool right <laughs> should we do that now let's just start flying tie fighters at each other right grand i own every single one of them from 1.0 and i've never done one of yeah, I, I had them and I threw them out. <laughs> when when we went to version two, I had a bonfire. Well, actually, I think um, I gave all my cardboard to somebody who said they weren't upgrading, so I just gave them all my cardboard and was like, "There you go, you can have it." It's Mine's in a bag in the loft. I can't get rid of it. Just in case. No, it's just memories, man. You're I gonna just can't wait to uh, play this campaign, get enough XP to buy myself a fire spray and myself a force <laughs> point, and then get Boba's ability. Let's go. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know? Do you know something? Yeah. I was just thinking there that Ben's going to end up on a on a mid afternoon Channel Five show where two overbearing women turn up at his house and make him throw out all his stuff. I'm I'm a bit like I hoard and hoard, and then suddenly I just go ram, get rid of it, and then everything goes. I don't want like, it anymore. My there's no, there's no middle ground of me selling bits. It's just everything goes or nothing. Yeah, as long and as you get coming oh, I didn't wow. get any of that. You're going to get Kim and Aggie. Kim and Aggie. Uh, sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you don't mind having literally no stuff, it's, it's, like, Marie, it's like Marie Kondo, but less classy. You just roll up the sleeves and throw everything in the skip. Yeah, skips are expensive. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, I mean, that, that was, the, um, that was the, kind of the, 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 the long and the short of the rundown of what they talked about on the mainstream. And then, obviously, we've, we've chipped into a few bits and pieces that came out of the painting stream. If you've not 
watch the two streams or, or listen to them. You don't need to watch the painting stream. There's like a section of about 30 minutes in the middle of a one hour stream that's super interesting to listen to because he's answering questions in the chat and it gets quite philosophical, gets into game design, gets into, you know, being honest about why they're making some of the decisions that they're making. And we've talked to, to a greater or lesser extent about most of the points that he's touched on, but it is always worth, I think, in, in any walk of life, listening to people who are kind of at the top of the game and somebody who's the, you know, director of design or whatever he is at one of the most successful game studios in the world is, is always an interesting person to listen to. Um, it, it makes me realize what an idiot I would be if I tried to design a game of my own and why I will never do it because it's, um, it'd be dreadful. So, but they also spoiled some new stuff, which was pretty cool, I thought. And they started yeah. off with Mando. Which was so long ago, everybody thinks, oh, well, we've known about it already. So the Mandalorian, Din Djurin, as we know him. Initiative 5. Liberties with the pronunciation there, eh? Din Djurin? I don't know. Anyway. Din Djarin. Din Djarin, okay. Um, <laughs> lessons on pronunciation from a brummy. Whatever next. <laughs> Why yeah, keep you your opinions to yourself, <laughs> <laughs> um, so while you defend or perform an attack, if you're in the uh, front arc at range one to two of two or more enemy ships, you can change one of your blank results to a focus result. So blank to focus ability, like broadside, like a few other ships that already exist. Vader, I guess, can do that stuff. Ray can do that stuff. Um, he's got, I mean. It's a it's a chunky boy of a ship. So that, that's his pilot ability. He's initiative five. There'll be generics and whatever. Um, three, front, uh, three red front uh, cannon only. Uh, two greens, seven hull, two shields. And focus of aid, target lock, and red barrel roll. Not bad? It's okay. I mean, the ability is a little bit meh. Um. Just with the two or more. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I just wanted something really cool because he's such a cool character. Yeah. So it's like if if more than one ship can possibly shoot at you, you can you can trigger your ability. So you know. I mean, I would have really liked a ship ability, but I'm hoping there's a config or something. Yeah, there might be. Yeah. There might be. Um, and then they released the child. <laughs> He's called the child, not Grogu, because obviously they printed the card before he was revealed in, in season two. <laughs> so you, you um, really like this, don't you? I mean, I I don't really like it. No, that's a, a bit of an overstatement. I, I don't hate it. And most people that I've heard talking about it, I've just been like, it's pointless. Why would you ever have it? So first thing to point out is it's a single crew slot. So even though he's tiny, he takes up a whole seat. Um, unlike unlike Babu Frick, yeah, just, but he needs you know, all his snacky snacks next to him. Yeah, he does. He, does. he needs his soup. Um, frog so he <laughs> frogs, frog babies. Um, imperial Green caviar, <laughs> space caviar, space caviar with space caviar mummy sitting next to it. Yeah. Um, so he he comes in three factions. He comes in imperial because they've stolen him. He comes in rebel because they're around, and he comes in scum because obviously he has to be able to fit on Mandalorian on, on Mando's spaceship. Um, he gives you two force points. Two force points. They don't recur, and he's got two bit two downsides basically. 
on set downside. Two big downsides. On setup, after placing forces, choose an opponent, then they assign the merciless pursuit condition to two of their ships. So two of your opponent's ships get that condition. What that condition does is, after they attack the ship that the child is on, they can acquire a target lock. So after they attack, they get a target lock, which means that probably they can't spend it on that attack because they acquire it after they attack, not during the attack. Or while you attack, but anyway, I'm sure a rules lawyer will Unless tell me how wrong I am. Tap. Again, yeah, old school FCS. Yeah, old school FCS, where you you can spend a lot you've got and then reacquire it for the next attack or whatever. Um, so that's the first downside is that there's going to be two ships on the other side of the board that have always got modified attacks against you, um, or usually have got modified attacks against you. Um, the second point is you lose your force power loses the recurring icon. So if you have a force from another source, like your Asajj or, you know, your Leia in the Falcon, you lose that recurrence. But after you defend, if you suffer damage during that attack, recover one force. So it's not one per damage. It's not like eight. It's if you suffer damage at all during that attack, you recover one force. So basically... Oh. Go on basically maul isn't it but you don't get the stress yeah um so i think he's two force points and he's going to be cheap because he's got a downside and he's not very likely to recur but his ability sings lovely with mando's ability to turn a blank to an eye yeah and then he rolls his two green dice he turns a blank to an eye, he spends a force point and then he takes a damage anyway and then he gets the force point back again. Um, and he might literally be the only place where we see it. And perfectly, I'm fine with that. I don't mind. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, he's one force, he's one crew, he goes on Rebel. One of the things that Rebels are reasonably lacking in is uh, a force. So, you know, stick him on somebody else as a crew. If he's cheaper than Perceptive Co-Pilot, he can't be bumped and for a couple of turns you've got a passive mod on something for when you do get that bump you know he's grand and you know occasionally you get them back yeah i, I mean like well we don't talk about points on this until you know we know what the points are i think he's going to be cheaper um than a lot of the current force upgrades um and i think we will see him if he comes in at a price point where it's worth pushing him onto a ship just to give it that those two force points for passive mods. I think I think you probably would have seen him play more if you got to assign who was the merciless pursuit because you could put it on two rubbish ships. Yeah. But... Yeah. Something like that. But I mean, yeah, I yeah. kind of get it. Um, but the downsides are so massive, I think he's going to be five or six points. Um, and for two force charges, that's okay. I don't Especially think I'd since five points. Four. I guess it depends what your other options are. Anyway, yeah. that's the child. Have you got any opinions on that one, Liam? Uh, ben I, hit him. Like I, I think he's okay. It's It appears at first glance more thematic, but I, I do feel yeah. that if you've got reinforced and things like that, it can really help a, a ship stay alive and give you your passive mods. Yeah. Shame he's so not I'm all in. Jimmy's not resistant. I'd, so... I'd have him. I'd have. I'd have him on Benny in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might be all right on a decimator. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'd be all right on a deci, wouldn't he? <laughs> um, 
you don't roll any dice, so you don't get a lot of opportunities to spend. Yeah, but you get all them force points for attack. Then yeah. so you just take locks or reinforces all the time. Um, so uh, dial. I mean, it's hard to talk about the dial because we're a, an audio podcast. Um, but yeah, it's got a stop. Skip it. Stop and a five k two talons, whole bunch of red. It only goes straight if it's doing blues. Um, so it's got a whole bunch of red on it, but it has to go straight to get rid of it. So it's going to be a difficult ship to fly well. But I'm sure that some of our um, friends who fly scum will get on it. And that is the only stuff that was spoiled about the Mandalorian. Now we've got to move on to the next set of um, of fun stuff that was uh, announced. So they've gone through the Mandalorian. Yes, I've already done that. Got the Gauntlet Fighter next, haven't we? So I've got the yeah. Gauntlet Fighter up. So the Gauntlet Fighter is allegedly it's a big ship. It's supposed to be huge, isn't it? Um, right. So on this paint stream that I've been talking about, I'll just quickly do this. They said a couple of things. First of all, they double checked with the person who did the the print proof or the the, the sculpt proof after it came back from the test print in the factory if he'd sent the wrong dimensions because it was so big right so it's bigger than the ghost it's bigger than your hand it's as big as they're happy for a ship to go for it still to be an x-wing ship so it's definitely a large base if not they have maybe created a larger ship size for it who knows um but it's going to be available in x-wing and not in just in epic uh, so they said that, first of all, articulated, it's isn't it, as well? massive. Yes, it's articulated. So the, the center section raises up like it does in the movies. They weren't able to show it because they didn't have the um, the final version that they wanted to stick on a stream yet. But yeah, they said <laughs> it's massive and it's cool and it moves around and stuff. Um, the other thing just to point out is that they have on two separate streams basically said Maul is coming as a pilot for it. Um <laughs> So, you know, I'm going to shoot you down with Maul and I'm going to, I'm really looking forward to painting this in Maul colours where the two quasi quotes paraphrased slightly that, that I picked up on. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that Maul's going to come as a pilot in the gauntlet. Um, Which also implies <clears throat> the existence of Savage Press crew. Possibly, yeah. Because he's, uh, he's around a fair amount when old Maul's kicking about, isn't he? Um, yes. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Savage Press uh, from Clone Wars. I'm gonna say is where they get yes. get it on. Yeah, those seasons of Clone Wars is where he turns up. Um, so yeah, the Gauntlet is um, it's a pretty cool thing, um, and uh, the, all of the concept art and all of the um, like stuff that people have been putting out later on. It's like twice the size of the Falcon. It's like a little bit bigger than the Ghost. It's yeah, it's just a bit crazy. Um, it's going to be a good one. Um, we've got stat line for it though. Do you want to run through that one, Ben? Yeah, yeah. So it's got um, three dice out the front, two dice out the back, uh, similar to the lambda, I think. Um, yep. Two Lambda's greens, nats. Yeah. Two greens, nine hull, uh, two shields, and it can focus, red reinforce, target lock, and a red coordinate. So very much looks like a support ship. Um, and interestingly, it comes in multiple factions. So they've spoiled Republic and Separatist versions of Bo-Katan, who's one of the um, Mandalorian characters in Clone Wars. And I think she turns up in Rebels and in 
a few other places as well. She was in Mandalorian as well. So yeah, she's um, getting to be a bit of a character. A um, couple of abilities there, uh, which are decent. Um, so the Separatist one is before a friendly ship at range 0 to 2 activates, you can spend your charge, one charge recurring. Um, if you do, that ship may gain a strain token to remove a non-stress red or orange token. So locks be gone, tractor tokens be gone, disarms, ions, ion jams, tokens. ions, yeah. Which is particularly good in the Separatist faction, getting rid of mm. ion tokens. Um, when those poor droids, those poor Roger Rogers get the, <laughs> get the ion crits. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a good ability that one. Yeah, I think there's going to be shenanigans to be played there. Yeah, um, they did release it um, to dial though, which was a is appalling. We'll touch on that in yeah, a second. The, the um, Republic one is after you fully execute a maneuver, you may gain one deplete token to choose an enemy, no, an object in your firing arc at one to two. If you do, another friendly ship may perform a focus action to lock that object. So I didn't mind this ability, and I think it's okay, but you're depleting a three-dice gun to give somebody else a target lock, and you've got to have a shot before you can use it, or you've got to think you're going to have a shot before you can use it. Well, you've got to have a ship in your target, So, and it's after you fully execute a mover, and it's going to be a big base ship, so it's going to be bumping a lot as the game yes. goes on. I guess you could be expecting them to bump into you. So yeah. to take the deplete doesn't really matter, and you'll get them at the butt gun on the way past. Yeah, true, true. But I like it. Um, it. It's one of them that's just not going to be oppressive, I think. Yeah. I say that now, but then someone's going to break the metal with it, aren't they? <laughs> so <laughs> what, what does interest me about the, the, spread, the spread that they've put out for this is that they've got cards in four different colours, um, at least maybe even five. Um, so there's going to be at least by the looks of it, a scum and villainy version, a separatist version, um, a republic version, and maybe something else, but I'm not quite sure what, which I guess tracks the the passage of the character through the um through the different shows and that kind of stuff. Um so I mean but I'm squinting well not squinting because I'm looking at quite a high resolution image, but I'm kind of extrapolating from what I can see on the on, on the left hand side of stuff. And to be honest with you, um three of them just look like generics with some flavor text on there, um, rather than pilot abilities. So it could be that, you know, there's literally Bo Katan twice and three generics and that's it. Um that's what you're getting. But we'll <laughs> see. We'll have to see how it goes. Um so yeah, there's that one. The the dial on it, by the way, is terrible. Um it's not <laughs> Lambda shuttle terrible. Um it's got uh, it's got a red stop um, and red three hards. It's got one banks that are blue, two banks and two straights that are blue. It's a large base at least ship, a large base ship with no one forward. Um, and then it's got two hards and three straights and banks that are white and four straight. So, I mean, did it have a boost? It didn't, no. did it? No. no. Um, so at least it's oh. not that. So it's fairly quick. It has, it has got the butt gun, hasn't it? They tend to yeah. not give the bigger ships with the butt guns. Yeah, but it can't K-turn um, or Talon roll. It's got no turnarounds. Um, but, you know, and, and yeah, it doesn't have a very good slow dial. So it, it's going to be banking when it wants to be going slow. Um, yeah, it's... It's a weird dial. Um, I mean, I'm going to own one of these because it's going to be usable in one of the factions that I do use, so I am going to buy one. 
and then I'm after a buy it gonna sit and stare at it and think where on earth can I hide this so that my wife doesn't know I bought it um because she'll be like how much did that cost uh, can you tell her five pounds five yeah for, for second hand um just tell her how much it weighs in pounds. Be fine. It's not. It's not like an ETA too, where you can f- literally fit forty-three of them in a matchbox. You know what I mean? You <laughs> um, just like, oh, you yeah, know, I've had these for ages. Yeah. No, Let's get on to the upgrade you really want to talk about, Rich. Mandalorian Super Commandos. Yeah. Oh, He's I mean, dying to be talk. <laughs> I, I, in, I had a, I had a, a hope. I had a dream that <laughs> they would put this kind of stuff in because they're really cool, right? In the shows, they're really cool. They fly around with jetpacks and they magnetize things onto ships and they do all this cool stuff. You could see me gesticulating with my arms at the minute. You'd be very impressed. Um, but they're really, really cool. They look like they're going to come in multiple factions, probably each of the factions that the the gauntlet comes out of. They are two slots. And we'll talk about like some of the the other stuff but basically after an enemy ship overlaps you it gains a strain token so you deploy these things from a ship they take two, up two crew slots which hugely limits what they can go on and they can't go on small base ships so i think the only small base ships that could could have taken them were the resistance transport and the aussie tuck gunship so it's a bit of a weird restriction to say not those ships you know um unless they're future proofing against something else who knows well, just um, out of curiosity where, um, where does it say it's two crew sh- slots on a different picture that oh, I okay. have seen. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's two two crew slots. Um, you deploy them uh, at the uh, in uh, sorry, you you launch them uh, out of um, your ship using I can't remember what template it is. I think it might be the three um, or the two. Um, and then in the activation phase, at the start of the phase, they relocate using a one turn or a two straight. Um, and then in the engagement phase. They can't attack if there is any enemy ship at range zero of them. Um, and to perform an attack, they must spend a charge. They've got two charges. And while they perform an attack, you can change one eyeball result to a crit result. So they've got free focus mod. Um, if an enemy ship overlaps them, it gets strained. So obviously the pilot is going, oh, there's a Mandalorian sticking thermal detonators to my undercarriage. Um, how rude. Um, but they've got a two dice attack, which is a, uh, a missile attack. Um, so they don't get any range bonus if they're at range one. Uh, so it's two dice with a free focus mod, and they can do that twice. And then once they've shot that stuff, they can't recharge anything. Um, they just fly around giving strain out. They've got two green dice and two health. So, and they're cool. Proton sort of them. Yeah, and you get two of them. <laughs> Proton torpedo, great way to spend it. Great way to spend it. Um, so, I mean, I'm super excited by these. I think these are just cool. Like, I can't, I, I mean, they're going to go on the gauntlet. There's so few ships they can go on. So, like, they can go on the Falcons, the Decimators, you know, they can go on things like the Party Bus and Scum. They'll probably be able to go on the Razor Crest, um, you know, but what else can I say, really? Mandalorian Super Commandos. Fun, they're going they? to be fun. Obviously, we've got the Clan Rome ones, and that implies the existence of Clan Saxon. Yes. So there's um yeah so the 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 Clan Ren thing says during the systems phase you spend one charge to drop a commando team using the the one uh, straight template out the back, and it is a device. Does it count as a device? 
and the charges can't be recovered. Um, so, um, yeah, so you drop them out the back and then they just zoom around. Uh, I know it's a remote, it's not a device, so you can't launch them with a trajectory simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm almost sad that you can't do that. So, I mean, I'm I'm super excited for those. And I can, again, see aftermarket producers creating little 3D printed Mandalorian people or, you know, people bringing little Mandalorian figurines to glue to the top of the remote so that there's a little Mandalorian sitting in the middle of the of the table when they're flying it around. I've got some Lego um, Mandos, so I can use them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cool. It, it's just cool. I mean, I can't really think of anything else to say about it other than it's cool. And yeah, Clan Ren, that, that's where it came from. Uh, Clan Ren, and that's the, the Bo-Katan. Um, yeah, so there's a couple of, uh, couple of things that just grabbing them off the old Fly Better page. It's um, <laughs> always a good place to go and steal stuff from. We've um, got the TIE Fighter, mm-hmm. which is ISB, I can't say its name, Jin Gosti. Jingoist. There we go. That's exactly what I said. Before you engage, you may choose um, one enemy ship in your firing arc at range not one. If you do, that ship gains a depleted or a strain token of your choice, unless it chooses to remove one green token, and then it's just a standard tie loadout. Finish it for yeah, and um, two pips. It's okay. So yeah, oh, two, yeah, yeah, two limited. Um, yeah, it's not bad. New tie anything, anything that brings us uh, standard tie swarm back again is nice because. It is quite an iconic, not just ship in X um, Star Wars, but also X-wing list. Yeah, you know, it's the the original swarm list, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, there's been a kind of a solved in inverted commas what the best tie tie swarm is, or the best way to fly tie swarms every time they've been popular. Um, but bringing out new tie stuff is just cool. You know, it's a cool little pilot ability. We're not sure if it's good or not. Well, stick it on the tie fighter; it'll be fine. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> You know, if it's rubbish, nobody's going to moan because everyone's going to be happy because, you know, it's like, oh, they're looking at TIE Fighters. That's good. That means we might get a new TIE Fighter pack or whatever. Um, Next one. So they did confirm, actually, one of the things we didn't talk about on the stream, they did confirm card packs. Um, And and that leads into this next one because they've said that Fen Rao, they're going to do a Mandalorian card pack and Fen Rao in the Rebel faction is going to get himself a Fang Fighter. Rebel Fen Rao in a Fang Fighter. Different ability, and this ability is cool. Still gets Concordia face off because he's still in a Fang. Still got the same Fang loadout, same Fang linked action, same everything else. He doesn't get his extra happy bonus Fen Rao dice um, for being at range one of stuff, but he does get a lovely support ability. Before a friendly ship at range one to two engages, if there is an enemy ship in its firing arc, or sorry, primary arc at range one, that friendly ship may remove one non-lock red token. Okay. So stress tokens, ion tokens. Strain. Strain, deplete, all that kind of ion. stuff. Ion. Yeah. yeah. Which is doing the, the rounds at the minute. So hear me out here, because I put this one up on the Sith Takers chat a little while ago. But before a friendly ship at range one to two engages, if there's an enemy ship in its front firing arc at range one, that friendly ship may remove a non-lock red token. Okay, so Fenrau engages at initiative six and Janors gives him an extra dice. Okay. Takes a strain to do it. Then Fenrau right. shoots with the extra dice. Janors yeah. then engages at I5 and removes the stress that she took 
from firing uh, yeah. from boosting Fenrau. Fires her own double modded three dice attack out the front with Moldy Crow and is now unstressed so that a ship that's engaging after Janors can now be buffed by Janors as well. Double Janors. <laughs> and, and here's the best bit. It could be look, here's the best bit. If you put Sabine Wren Gunner on a B Wing, then she can use her ability to get Jan to shed a stress again. So that notionally, if you build a very silly list, you can get three buffed shots with Jan Ors in a single turn by throwing all of the in uh, in engagement phase stress removal triggers that you can into a single list. And they all very all... Uh, a very rich list. No, I would never. I would I would have Fenrau and I would have Fen plus Jan plus probably one other I I five or I four ship um in there to to use Jan twice in a turn and be really happy. But I was throwing bucket loads of red dice. Um <laughs> but um I don't think I would go I, I would never go full like I've got four ships to do a single combo once and then I lose because my four ships are dreadful. Um yeah. I mean, I love this, and I've I've already secured myself a, a second-hand fang so that I can buy this card pack and be happy. Um, so, yeah. And any any firm opinions on it? It's Fenrau? What's yeah, it's all right. It seems fun. Uh, I don't think I'd fly him without uh, Jan. Uh, I like the fact that he's still got Concordia. Uh, I think it's also interesting that he doesn't have access to Fearless. Uh, can get I like it. I don't know what that does. He can get out maneuver still, though, can't he? Yeah, yeah he can. And a and lot of can... people tend to gravitate if they can afford that to the. Yeah. But I'll also point out that sometimes Fen does struggle against multiple shots, but mm-hmm. with Hera in the faction, <laughs> if he does yep. need something, he's going to get that token. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that Rebels is the is the faction with Selfless in it, and what kills Fenrau is crits. So why not just fly him around with things that will just suck all the crits off so that he doesn't have to eat those and he can continue to be as effective. You know, it's there's a, a lot of different interactions around Rebels that will work well for Fenrau, and it's interesting that, yeah. they've, that they've moved him over. So I'm quite excited by that, and it's great for me that they've confirmed card packs. That's another like low key. Oh, that's amazing! They've confirmed card packs. Like, still don't know if they're going to put, you know, the upgrades from the FO pack into anything else. It's going to be released in the next six months. Who knows? But um, there's going to be card packs, so maybe they'll have a, you know, all of your force powers in one place. Card pack will come out at some point, so we don't need to worry about it. Um, and yeah, I think the last thing that they the last thing that they showed us was like one of the new style quick builds. Um, leave, the leaving, on it. Yeah, leave, leaving aside <laughs> the the inevitable. Oh well, we've printed something wrong. So apparently the uh, the Isla Secura ETA two has um, a two dice bullseye and a three dice primary. So all Jedi <laughs> players went sweet. <laughs> well, I guess I guess I'll have that then. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so they showed the that they they showed this. Um, as a version of the new quick build card, um, and basically it's the standard stat line um, on the on the ETA two, um, but comes loaded, uh, preloaded with um, afterburners, um, R2D2, um, astromech, extreme maneuvers, and outmaneuver. So, I mean, you can build that onto Isla at the minute. It's an incredibly expensive ship combination, 
Um, but yeah, it's it's like looks like some kind of prize card the way that they've got it mocked up. So yeah. who knows? I mean, they have done those bigger cards. I've got some of them already with the quick build loaded out, same sort of like that. Yeah, yeah I've got a blackout one somewhere. But yeah, this, this a... is probably what's going to come in the Aces high packs. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I do like that single card where you just slap it down and go, that's what I've got, cool. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Done. Yeah. <laughs> no fiddling about grabbing things, trying to set stuff up. I mean, it's it's good. And I, I really like it. I, I like the, the art on it. looks really nice. And yeah, it I'm looks not really polished, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not one for alt arts and stuff like that, but one of the things that I did really enjoy about a lot of the streams that they did over the weekend was that they were showing like concept art and different like different art like um products and pictures and designs and sorts of stuff and like they were name checking the artists that were doing it and it was, you know, fantastic to see, you know, the that credit being given properly to the you know the people who really make this stuff look beautiful and why we all enjoy using it um and pouring over the background to see if there's a spaceship in it that's not been released yet and all that kind of stuff um so yeah that was um that was the spoilers what are you most excited for liam what what's uh what's giving you the buzz on that that little that little lot uh honestly it's mando yeah well, I, I also do like the uh the ibc was it ibc jingoist Mm-hmm. ISB Jingoist, yeah. That's the one. And Ben? Yeah. What about you, Ben? Um, I'm just liking the... I think someone had spelled it earlier there, whatever the Mandalorian card pack was called. It was just... I'll just like lots of new things, but making new Wait. shit, older ships better, sort of thing. Well, not yeah. better, but, you know, breathing new life into them. Yeah. Give, giving them an opportunity to, to see table time. Um, is always great. Yeah, I mean, I think for me it's Mandalorian stuff. Let, let's be honest, it's a magic money tree right now is the Mandalorian. <laughs> you can buy Mandalorian t-shirts in, in Tesco's. So, you know, it's like anything with Baby Yoda on it, anything with Mando on it, you know, this is it's, the way. It's funny because so, um, my little one, I've got like a, a Yoda car smell thing in my car. Mm-hmm. She calls it old Baby Yoda because <laughs> she has no clue who it actually is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's like I'm I'm wasn't going to like I don't use scum and I wasn't going to buy scum, but now I've got a reason slash excuse to buy it because it's going to have upgrades or it's going to be usable in at least one of the factions that that I play with um, on a regular basis. So even if it's just Grogu can go into a rebel list a couple of times, um, but I mean, I have a a little shelf full of random Mandalorian Lego and brickheads and you know little soft toys and stuff that my kids buy me for Father's Day and all that kind of thing and you know I, it's just it can go on there it, even if I never use it in game I can put it on there and I'm hoping to get the Lego set maybe I might get it for my birthday who knows I, know, um, I keep looking at that I know but I don't like giving money to Amazon but it's the only place you can buy it <laughs> so it's oh, um... they have all my money it's fine <laughs> Um, so, okay, I'll give you money and then you can buy it <laughs> and you can give it to me and then I can pretend I didn't. It's um, ten, £10 more from Ben Express. Okay. But I'll write you a seat for your wife to say that it was only 20 quid. At least I'll, at least I'll get it, unlike through any of the other delivery money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to be sold massively well. And I think they've, I, well, I really hope that they actually get the, 
print run sized properly um, <laughs> and that we don't end up with a oh sorry we've only got five of these in the country <laughs> you know five like, people who don't play by them all yeah <laughs> oh oh that's really good i'll buy that no um and we'll all be like no we've got to just use tts forever now because it's the only place we can use the ships that we've got um but yeah it's uh, I, I really hope they don't cock up on the logistics of of mando um i have kind of faith that they won't and that they will have you know availability um but you know again you never know because the eta2s still haven't got out of the um the panama canal or whatever it is that they're <laughs> stuck in or the dover ports you know sitting on a container somewhere what about those we- v wings i've still not got that oh my i still haven't actually got a separatist fire spray I know, it's, and, and it's just about to be nerfed. Never mind, eh? That's fine, I have to buy everything anyway. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's, we've run on for quite a while there, but it's been stuff that, you know, we really wanted to talk about this week because we're not going to get an opportunity to talk about it again before. It's um, just been a lot of news, on it? Yes, I mean, it's to be expected when they do the mini extravaganza. And, I mean, for, I think from going from being quite, negative about the the future of the game and being a bit concerned i'm super <clears throat> excited now just super yeah, stoked same. um like i know that this stuff isn't going to come now it's going to be like six or nine or 12 months away you know the next wave is the mandalorian they've already talked about that and a, a, a couple of other things like the resistance y-wings and then we don't know how long it's going to be before we get something else out but you know, if they can push a card pack into production fairly quickly because it doesn't need, you know, proofs and paint masters and models and sculpts and all that kind of stuff done, and they can, you know, do a couple of print runs um, of like the Mandalorian card pack in advance of um, the Gauntlet coming out, then that'd be cool. Or if it comes out at the same time as the Gauntlet, then that'd be cool as well. So, yeah. Um, I'd just like to mention uh, it was great to see less people. Uh, being absolute bumholes uh, when complaining about the content of the stream. It was just a shame there were so many bumholes complaining about the changes. So if we could be more like the, the non-bumholes complaining, but less like the bumholes complaining, that would be absolutely fantastic because it makes us look a lot better if you're being decent people. Yeah. Okay. I think we've been going for like two hours now, so I am going to wrap it up. Yeah, because you know snapshots are supposed to be quick and you know insightful and informative and lots um, of spoilers there. <laughs> yeah, loads and loads of stuff to talk about. So thank you for bearing with us. Um, I don't think it's not going to be a regular thing, is it? No, I mean maybe it's once a year after the mini extravaganza, but we'll <laughs> talk about it for a couple of hours. But uh, we'll be we'll be back to our usual um, length again um, next week. I would hope. Um, unless you know they do points, in which case it's buckle in because we might be here all week. <laughs> Especially if they if they do the changes to the extent that we're expecting. Um, have you guys got any shout outs that you want to do, or do we want to just? I have up? got some. Go on. So I've got I've got a couple actually. So just quick, did quite quick though to be fair. Mm-hmm. So on, um, I would just a shout out to uh, Joel Spriggle because he said he was just dead nice on the Sift Takers. Um, Springle. Springle. Springle, sorry, on the Discord. Um, yeah. Also on there with uh, Ashok, who's sort of stepped in and helped me sort of organize it better. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's done a really good job. And I'm really grateful. Yeah, I um, saw that and I also thought I've not noticed any difference. And then I realized that I've got admin so I can see yeah, everything yeah. anyway. Yeah, you see so. everything. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, then there's also the Tin Squadron guys are doing a Secret Santa, which might be fun. So yeah, if, you, if it's on their page somewhere, but I've, I've yeah. signed up for it. So it's um ju- just to set expectations, it's it's like a minimum value of twenty or twenty five pounds, something um, like that. Yeah, something like that. So it's not a it's not a Secret Santa where you're gonna get you know. Stamp or something with a picture of Yoda on it or whatever on an empty envelope. Yeah. This is a you know if you're if you're getting into it, you're going to get something decent, and they've got people signing up from around the world for it as well. So yeah. And then just a quick last one to my uh, wife to be, who's bought us awesome lightsabers, like metal light up things. They're amazing. They're his and hers. Yeah, they're cool. I sent Liam some pictures of them lit up. They they are awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, they're really cool. <laughs> Have to tell me where she got them from so I can get one for the Sith Taker Open Champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're awesome. They are really cool. They make all the noises and everything. When are you getting married? Is it next week or the week after? The 24th. 24th. Well remembered. Definitely <laughs> so not going to miss it. <laughs> I'll literally, I'll be here next week and then I won't be the following week. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll save our congratulations for next week or three yeah. weeks' time or whatever. Oh, uh, what's the other one? The commis- commiserations if it gets cancelled again. <laughs> just me and Emma. Commiserations when she doesn't turn up. Oh, she's put too much effort into it to not turn up now. Oh, okay. And she likes me, unlike, you know, people and you. We're not sure, quite sure why, but she does. So. <laughs> Good effort there, Ben. Good effort with that insult. <laughs> Okay. Right, Liam, if you get any shout-outs. Say something awful, then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to do a quick shout-out to Boarding Brum for hosting. Again? Right, yes, you can't just shout them out every week. Watch me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to shout them out for just hosting. Kick him so we can't here. say it. <laughs> uh, Tom for putting all the work in, Brian as well for hosting it, and everyone that turned up, including, obviously, Ben. Tim, you didn't want to show up, Rich. That's fine. Uh, obviously, the guys are from Ireland. Just X-Wing people in general. Let's keep yeah. it going. Real-life X-Wing is great. And well done, Ollie, for winning, you scumbag. <laughs> so nice. All right. Um, I, I don't have any immediate shout-outs that I want to do. Um, I'll, I'll give Ben a little a little bump because the uh, the Sith Taker League has started again and uh, it's it's running tickety-boo as ever. So cheers again, buddy, for um, being the person that's putting the effort in to do that. So no um, Secretly, I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Massively appreciated. Okay. Um, Tim, have you any shout outs you want to do? No, nothing for me. Tim's like, I want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I've been telling you you've been running long for ages and you've been ignoring me. Give me th- 30 seconds to wrap it up and then I'm clicking stop. No, we're done. We're done. So um, I'm just going to say then it's a goodbye from Tim because he's just gone on mute. And goodbye. <laughs> goodbye from Ben. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye from Liam. Doodles. And it's a goodbye from me. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. Boom. Ended. I got my password right, just so you all know. Nice. You didn't ask. I wasn't talking to you. Shut up. (laughs) Let me do this.